right, and welcome everybody to the Classic Gaming Podcast. I think I sounded drunk just then. You sounded drunk and like you had a frog in your throat <laughs> fighting to get out. That was weird. It was the frog that was drunk. Uh, <laughs> that was Alone in the Chaos with our intro music. I'm Robert Ring. Blake Corey was the one you just heard talking. Jay Totter was the other one. Yeah, he's that one. How you guys doing? You good. I'm too long. Uh... So we've got a long episode tonight, probably. We're anticipating this. Courtesy to, of Robert. To be a pretty, to, to be a pretty long. No, I didn't play any Metal Gear games this time. It's not oh, but it's still gonna be on your Kingdom list. So trust me. Uh, Tim, wait, can we play Kingdom, Kingdom Metal Gear Solid? Like Kingdom, Kingdom Solid, Metal Gear Hearts. Kingdom Kingdom Solid Tactics. Let's Ooh, do it. Oh, that. that'd be the longest conversation <laughs> ever. <laughs> So we're going to talk about news and games and stuff, and then we have our annual blowout top 10 games of 25 years ago. That was 1990, if you do the math. Thank you, Robert. I couldn't figure that out. So we're going to be here for a while, so well, go grab some, some beer. Huh? There's a crazy amount of news, too. Yeah, cra- uh, well, not a crazy amount, more like crazy quality of news. Which I guess you want, we'll go ahead and get into. Uh, I've, I'm sure everybody who's listening has heard this by now, but we can't not talk about it. Uh, which is, unfortunately, Satoru Iwata has passed away. Uh, I'm guessing God, probably... We could do an Blake... entire podcast about that, seriously. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, we probably could. should have changed our top five. Damn it. <laughs> Good job, <laughs> Robert. <laughs> um, so... He was the uh, CEO and president of Nintendo for the past, uh, is it 13 or 15 years, Blake? No, no, he was only the president for the last, like, uh, five? Oh, that's right, yeah, that I was thinking of when he first joined. You probably yeah, yeah, know much he's been around him. since the 90s, working there, but it was only in the last couple of years that he was uh, promoted up to president. Okay. <clears throat> um, before that, he did a lot of stuff... Um, to summarize, I think the biggest thing to me, and I'm actually wearing one of my uh, my Earthbound shirts right now, so that's kind of perfect. He was a big part of the Earthbound team. Uh, it's it's kind of unclear exactly what things he did. It's usually he's credited with like this one big contribution to a project. Uh, with Earthbound, he essentially reprogrammed the entire game in six months to make it ready to launch. Excuse me. And he did uh, work on Pokemon Gold and Silver, and he made them. Uh, he he created the compression technology for those games that allowed the Kanto region to be fit into the game as well. Uh, the Kanto region was the area from Pokemon Red and Blue, and uh, in Gold and Silver, I can't remember what the region is called. But uh, he made it possible to have both those regions in the game and <laughs> greatly extended the amount of gameplay you could get out of it. <clears throat> and then he also went on to do the programming for Pokemon 64, or Pokemon Stadium 64, excuse me, where he he made the entire battle system from nothing. He had no notes on what the red and blue battle system was supposed to be like, and he just programmed all of it himself for the Pokemon Stadium release. Uh, then he went on, eventually he was promoted to uh, head of the company. He played a big part, <clears throat> excuse me, with, uh, with the release of the Mother Games, Earthbound, etc. He was, he was a special thank you, I believe, in the credits for Mother 3. 
uh, since he rose up to the top of the company, he did all sorts of stuff. Uh, oh, he was actually also very big in the release of Melee, uh, Super Smash Brothers really? Melee. I can't remember the specifics, but there was something with uh, for the last couple weeks leading up to the game's launch, he did like 24 hour work days. So he he just did a ton of work to make sure that the game was ready to release on time, apparently. The man was like, there's a reason that he probably died of uh, a tumor, basically, uh, because the man, he worked himself to death, which really thankful for it because he turned out some great stuff. But uh, unfortunately, sucks to see a talent like that go. I mean, he was the reason Nintendo was able to pull themselves out of the fire the last couple of years. I guess uh, the Wii and the 3DS were his brainchilds. They were his babies. He made, he created them. They were his ideas, and those saved the company big time. And now, without him around, Nintendo, I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> going to be interesting. I think that's what Eric's question's been, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Since we'll I mean, I mean, I'm sure they've got somebody, you know, I'm sure they kind of had a... <laughs> fair around. Like, I think might... they've already talked about who they're going to promote to the new president, but uh, I right. don't I don't know, given his track record, I don't know who's going to be able to fill his shoes. Oh, no, definitely. I mean, th- I think that was, that's one of the, the main reasons that uh, so many people feel, like, so uh, significantly affected by this, was because he wasn't, like, just a business guy he 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 actually helped make he actually made a lot of these games that that we love so He's, much like it's been really easy to just kind of see him and just kind of write him off but then because this stuff uh, that i found out like with him working on earthbound the stuff he did for melee and with the pokemon series i didn't know about any of this until his death when a lot of people started talking about it yeah for all things that were just kind of swept under the rug which might be due to uh J- japanese culture a lot of people there they don't there's not a lot of bragging in their culture there's not a lot of yeah. ego stroking and saying look at this awesome thing i just did and all this shit so i think that that might be part of it and now that we know now that it's a lot more well known the kind of things that he did it's like God, this this guy, he wasn't just the face of the company. He wasn't going out there and putting his face on the Nintendo Directs because they decide the board of directors decided, "Oh, he's the face, he's he's the company. He's the guy that runs the company, so let's just put him out there. Let's just stick him on the videos." That makes sense, yeah. right? So, then it actually turns out that he was like he really loved making games. He loved the business. He loved the art of video games and everything. And, uh, he, he was just a really, really cool guy. Yeah. I think that's well put. It's sad. I'm sad. It's sad. And the video game world is going to suck a little bit more without him. I believe it's like a lot of it more. Yeah. Um, anything else about him or, Um, I'm trying to think like, I, I don't know. I just think it was really cool to have someone like him put uh, – like I don't know if it was his decision or if it was a board of directors decision where they're like, hey, you're the you're the man behind the company. Let's put you out there. But uh, to have someone that genuine about making games and about the video game uh, market, sticking himself out there, coming out there, and 
talking to us and just being straight with us like he was so often. Uh, yeah. That's going to be hard, very hard to replace. Yep, I agree. Uh, okay, well, there are a few other news things. None of A new Baldur's Gate game has been announced. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Okay, so yeah. how many of the details about this do you know? I have watched the trailer, and that was the extent of the details that are available. I, I haven't thought. actually seen the trailer, but I read about it, and okay. I heard from uh, a few people that, the, like, this got announced, and I thought, this is huge. This is a new Baldur's Gate. Why am I not hearing a huge explosion on the internet about this? And it turns <laughs> out it's because uh, this is like a Baldur time timeline-wise. This is Baldur's Gate 1.5. Uh, this is happening in between Baldur's Gate 1 and Baldur's Gate 2. And because okay. of that, it's going to feel very, very shoehorned into the series. Uh, there's not going – like Baldur's Gate 2 isn't going to have any ties to this game. It won't have any – written ties to it uh, in the game's story, in the dialogue, etc. Baldur's Gate 1.5, for lack of a better term for it, is going to continue Baldur's Gate 1, and then they're going to have to make the game sync up with what Baldur's Gate 2 is. And I I can totally understand why people are going to be not excited about that, because it just it feels very forced. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I think it's a little too easy to say this is a good or, or this is a good or bad idea. I'm sorry, a little too early to say this is a good or bad idea. It could turn out fine, I just think, but it is hard. I think at best it'll turn out fine. I don't think there's any really good way for this to uh, for a, a game to be. Sorry, my cat is going insane chasing a bug right now. <laughs> <laughs> she just ran across the entire desk and tipped a bunch of stuff. I don't think that there's any way to make it, like, excel, to make it really something amazing with placing it in between the two games. Unless it's almost entirely unrelated to what happens in Baldur's Gate 2, and at that point, why would we care anyway? Why would anybody care about that? I don't know. It could still be a good game, but... Mm, I I disagree. disagree. (laughs) You disagree with Twitch, thing. Disagree. You don't disagree with whatever you say, you fucking Twitch streamer. Get out of my house. Mad as hell. Fanboy. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Yeah, um, we'll see. I I, I don't think anybody's holding their breath for this, and I can understand why. It's kind of like, I agree with you, it's kind of weird that this has been announced and, like, nobody's really talking. There's, like, a thread on Reddit, and that's pretty much all that anybody is talking about it. I don't know if, I mean, I don't feel so strongly that it will, I mean, it'll have a hard time being good. I will say it's hard to make games like that, especially story wise. Uh, it's hard to make them work out really well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing about Robert. Say it Be an adult, what Robert. Game? <laughs> what changes right in Skype. What game? Say it casually. <laughs> Sorry, my sister called me on. God, you are like the like you're like a fucking kid, Robert. Like the worst host ever. <laughs> Anyways, what about, game were you talking about? Uh, the new Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate. Oh, okay, okay. Siege of Dragon Spear is what it's so called. So, is it the same? I'm guessing you guys are talking about. Is it the same producers and same company? Or uh, no? I mean, I don't know if I don't even. Why, know why is it the same the originals. title? Okay. 
the original Baldur's Gate, but I don't think that the the original development team is really around. But uh, it like from the trailer, it actually does at least look authentically Baldur's Gate. It looks like a Baldur's Gate game very much. What uh, uh, consoles or what platforms? Everything. PC. PC. Okay. So well, I mean, I, I guess really. I mean, that's a good sign. I'll say that. Yeah. If it's being designed for the PC, that's step number one in making a decent Baldur's Gate sequel. <laughs> that is true. Or, Why are they changing the title? Successor. Um, because they... it's taking place in the series still. Uh, this is what we were talking about, actually. The game, um, there's Baldur's Gate 1 and then there's Baldur's Gate 2, and they both got their expansions. But uh, this new game, Siege of Dragon Spear or whatever, is taking place in between, timeline-wise, it's taking place in between Baldur's Gate 1 and Baldur's Gate 2. So it's like Baldur's Gate 1.5, timeline-wise, which is going to be really difficult to uh, make work from a storytelling perspective. It's going to feel very forced. So there's that, and then two more pieces of news. Uh, Midway, or or one or some of the guys from Midway back in the 1990s, uh, have started a Kickstarter to make a Midway documentary. Huh. Um, I'm going to try to pull it up. Uh, Midway. I, I have kind of a jaded view on documentaries because of like how messed up they've been. Like at least I guess I guess it's more because of esports. But like are are the ones where they do yeah. on companies stuff usually done well? Well, I don't producing? recall a lot of documentaries like this. It's really hard to say because this is being made by uh, one of the guys who worked for Midway back then. So it's okay. The, the documentary is specifically about Midway in the '90s and like how they kind of had all these breakthrough games, most notably uh, NBA Jam and Mortal Kombat. I didn't know this, but they actually also made Smash TV as well. Holy shit! Huh. Really? Yeah, or the. I was just uh, like, looking at that earlier. That's so funny. Yeah, and so. Oh, you're right. I mean, oh, they were, shit. they were kind of like, I would kind of maybe compare them to sort of like Rockstar, but back in the '90s, maybe, and probably more, more influential and more radical, uh, relative <laughs> to their time than Rockstar. Uh, so anyway, if you grew up with those games and you definitely are familiar with Midway, and kind of all the cool and crazy stuff they did. I don't know if, like, for me, I just don't know if I'm really interested in a documentary about that. What do you guys think? Blake, go ahead. Uh, I don't have enough attachment to the products yeah. Midway made back then. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, feel. they made Mortal Kombat. I just, they apparently made Smash and NBA Jam. That is the extent of what I know about them. And NBA Jam and Mortal Kombat I knew beforehand. And even then, I was just like, okay, why do I want to care about this that much? Yeah, okay, it looks like they also made the uh, the Terminator 2, like, shooter arcade game. You remember uh, that? Did they do a lot of arcade stuff, maybe? Uh, more uh, combat was original. I think they did. I think, well, yes, they didn't do I a whole so. lot more than those that we've just Was Smash thought. TV original arcade? I would assume so. Mm -hmm. it yeah. has a yeah. feel of it, okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think kind of feel this we kind of feel the same way like yeah sure this is kind of neat but like i'm not i don't really care too much yeah about it but i like i don't mind the idea itself it's just uh, yeah, yeah it's not a company that i have any vested interest in if it's free and i'm really bored one night i'll probably watch it <laughs> <laughs> hey, i'm being completely honest if you have to pay yeah, anything Jay's endorsement uh, 
I'm gonna say, man. Yeah, yeah. It's it, nothing sounds bad about this. It doesn't. Nothing about the Kickstarter seems fishy or anything like that. Like we're concerned about a lot of the time. How much are they asking for? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Seventy-five thousand, which I think is pretty reasonable. That's reasonable. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty reasonable. That's realistic, I think, too, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. They are a th- about a third of the way there, and they've got 25 days left. So we'll see if this happens. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll give them this. They've set a reasonable goal that it actually sounds like they know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, that's actually that's actually really good. I hate when that's, they set ridiculously high goals and it's like, well, sorry guys, it didn't happen. It's just like, or oh. when they set it far too low and then they're like, oh, well, we ran out of money. Give us another thousand. Yeah. Or they get they set a million stretch goals and have to like delay the release of the game by fifty years. <laughs> uh, so anyway. The other, the the last piece of news, uh, this just came out today. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2 has uh, Steam oh, yeah. Workshop support now. Just kind of like randomly out of the blue, like yeah, that game can- came out of nowhere. People were talking about it on my Twitter timeline, and I was like, like at first I didn't know what was going on. I uh, yeah. I kind of assumed that it had just always had it because why add it now? That's weird. So they were talking about um, it got the Steam – someone was like, the Steam Workshop on Kodor is great or something. I was like, oh, all right, cool. Uh, and so, then on my stream, a couple people were talking about how they added some kind of option support, like windowed support or something. And they also gave um, controller support maybe? Yeah, that's one of Along them. Controller with, support. Okay. Um. Like much better resolution support. Okay, that maybe that's what it was, not windowed mode. And the big one, oh, I'm trying to figure out. There, so what? So the big. Uh, oh, okay. One of the big mods that people have been using for this game, but they, you kind of had to like sort of install it on your own without like mm-hmm. a real like you know without like you you had to like get into the files and put it in there yeah. yourself as opposed to using something like Steam Workshop. The big one apparently is uh, the restored content mod, which is apparently the uh, on PC. I'm, I hope I'm understanding this correctly because I never actually played Kotor 2. Um, apparently on the PC, it, they left out some of the content, and other parts of the game were really kind of buggy uh, compared to the well, console versions. No, what I think it was is that the game was released. Uh, it was pushed out before it was finished. Uh, the game was being worked on by Obsidian. Oh, I think you're are, right. They usually... <laughs> same thing happened with New Vegas, uh, Fallout New Vegas. The game wasn't done. They were still There was still a lot of stuff they wanted to work on it, but the uh, company producing it said, Hey, too bad. We're printing it because this is your damn due date. Finally, put the game out, please. So, Kotor 2 released without its real ending. Uh, so it was kind of a slapdash figure an ending out with uh, the game that we have finished up to this point sort of a thing. I think there was one character that may have been removed, uh, but the big thing is the last couple hours of the game were just chopped. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> Which, so. the funny thing is that um, I guess, I'm remembering this from like seven years ago, by the way, so this might be a little off. Uh, I believe that... All of the files for the ending are just in there. They're in the code. They're in the game. They shipped with the game. All of this stuff that was that wasn't ready, that wasn't tested. It was all on the disc. It was just never finalized to actually be ready for release. 
Yeah, and that's why people were actually able to restore it, because they saw yeah. what was sort of supposed to be there. And so they were able to mod it to put it back in. So, pretty weird situation, but, uh, and it's, again, it's really super random, like, nobody had any idea this was coming, and it just sort of was out there all of a sudden. So, uh, apparently, again, like I said, I never played Knights of the Old Republic 2, I played the first one, it was really big for its time, and I don't know if it's necessarily held up that well, uh, but, you know, it's your typical kind of Bioware RPG. Uh... KOTOR 2 is supposed to be really, 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 really good, so I hear. I enjoy... I think I've played through both of them once each. Oh, okay. And uh, KOTOR 2 I liked a lot better mm-hmm. because it wasn't so uh, mustache twirly. It was uh, It was actually yeah. written in what a way it? where uh, it was... I don't want to say mature, but there was some, some degree of thought put into it aside from just, this guy's bad! <laughs> yeah, so- it's, so you're saying it wasn't just like choose the good guy response or the bad guy response like the first Yeah, it got a li- I mean it is still Star Wars where for the most part it comes down to be pretty black and white. So Kodor 2 did have some of that going on, but it subverted that a lot. Okay. Um it wasn't like by the end of the game it turns out that a lot of the stuff the backstory of the game isn't anywhere near black and white. There's a lot of bigger stuff going on there. Okay, cool. Um, so there's KOTOR 2. I think that's all the news we got. Let's talk about games so we can get under our top tens. Who wants to talk about some games? <laughs> Jay, why don't you tell us? What, what, oh, you... man, Robert. <laughs> <clears throat> You're the worst oh, kind of blast. person. You know that, Robert? So Jay didn't play anything this week. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I played more Samurai Wars, but... Yeah, no, I've... <laughs> it was, it's nothing to really game. say about it? No, nothing new. I mean, just getting... I played through on multiple characters, and uh, I, I went back, because uh, last time when I was talking about it, I was playing, like, the... the they kind of, like, did a revamp They whenever they, like... They'll release the game, and then they'll release kind of, like, a... Almost like DLC, but it's a whole other physical copy of the game. I was playing the the DLC, if you will. And then I went back and played the actual game some more, and like there's more, much more story to it, and there's a lot more like side stuff you can do. So I was doing that a lot, and um, I'm sorry, I'm done playing it now though. So I'll, I'll move on to something new. I'm not sure what though. I'm actually not sure what. How many? You want to talk about that for a few minutes? How many t- hours did it take? Uh, each playthrough of the story was about six hours, and I probably did like four or five playthroughs, I think. But I also do it with other people. So like when you do it with other people, it's substantially faster. Like, the teamwork that they encourage in that game is so much better than the old ones. The old ones, it was literally like, I'm going to go this way, you go that way, kill everything in unsight, and eventually we'll win. And, like, if you try and do that, you'll just get destroyed and lose. Like, hands down, you'll just get destroyed. So, yeah. It's a fun game. Very enjoyable. Cool. I like. I actually really enjoy the style. I'm really... Every time I, every time I start playing again, it makes me really sad that Samurai Warriors Online did not work out. Because that would have been fun to play with other people. Like, really fun, I think. Yeah. But, it's upsetting. All right, uh, Blake, <laughs> see if you can top that. Huh, well, okay. <laughs> can you deal with this? <laughs> um, I've played. I've been continuing the retro achievement hunting on my stream, so I've gotten through a lot of games. But in the interest of not having this be a fifty-hour episode, I'm going to try to <laughs> limit it down a little bit. Uh, I'm going to talk about two games this time, and one of them will probably be pretty brief. Uh, first off, Kirby Superstar. 
Ooh. Uh, oh, yeah. I really, really enjoy this game. Unfortunately, it was even easier and simpler than I remember. Uh, Kirby <laughs> Superstar is on the Super Nintendo, and it's a pretty easy game overall. Uh, the first stage is like a recreation of the original Kirby's Dreamland on Nintendo, I think. So you've got like, there's on your menu screen, you've got a few different things that you can choose from at first. You've got, uh, you can go do green greens and go all through these levels, fight DDD at the end, beat him, and yay, then you unlock some more stuff. And then you can do a, a gourmet race against him, which just takes like three minutes to finish. Uh, it's a very, very, very simple, small game mode. Uh, then the other one, there's Dino Blade. You go when you fight, uh, which was probably one of my more favorite versions of the of the way to play the game, I guess, when I was younger. Uh, and what you do is you've got like a little, a very, very little world map with five stages, I want to say. You go through the stages and, <clears throat> excuse me, and then on some of the stages, there's these secret exits. And a lot of the time in Kirby, if there's a secret, uh, something that you need a special power, a specific power to unlock, what they'll do is right before you get to the point where you need that or pretty close to that point, They'll give you a mini boss fight that gives you the power that you need for the next area. And then you have to hold on to that power long enough, make it to the spot and do it. Uh, for example, there's a stage where, uh, in the Dynablades, Dynablade part, where you get, uh, but you fight Bonkers, who is a big monkey, and you beat him and he's got a hammer. And when you eat him and you swallow him, you get a hammer from him. And that goes for a lot of the rest of the game. That's basically the Kirby Superstar gameplay is that you can swallow enemies. Uh, and when you swallow them, depending on what the enemy is, you get a specific kind of power up. Uh, from Bonkers, the big monkey, you get a hammer. You carry the hammer through a little bit more of the stage. You reach a point, you reach a point where there's like this uh, big wooden peg that you need to knock in the ground and you knock it in the ground and you go in there and yay, you get one ups and all this fun stuff. Yay. It's a big secret. Woo. Um, so Dynablade has a lot of stuff like that. There are these hidden areas where you can get to the hidden area and it has, uh, it has like, you can choose from all of the powers in the game between the two hidden areas in Dynablade stage. Uh, if you get both of them unlocked, you can choose from almost every single power that there is, which is cool. cool. It's pretty fun. Cool. Uh, it's a very short mode. Again, it takes maybe an hour, probably not even that much. Uh, I would say more like, 40 minutes. Uh, oh, really? And then, the big two modes of the game, my two favorites, are, first off, the Great Cave Offensive, which this was probably the one that on a, on my most recent replay was the biggest letdown for me because it was just so much easier than I thought it would be. Again, it has that thing where um, you, you need a certain power-up in a lot of these areas to be able to make it through and get a special thing. Uh, in Great Cave Offensive, what you do is there are 60 treasures, and you are trying to collect every single treasure in there to get the highest score possible. To get a lot of those treasures, you need a specific power. And the thing is, if you mess up getting it the first time, all you have to do is leave the area and re-enter the area, and everything will be reset. So if you don't have the right power, you can go and find the right power, bring it back there, Use the power to get it, and no big deal, whatever. If you mess it up, go through a door, come back out, everything's reset, and you're fine. And that, I think, was the biggest thing that uh, was kind of disappointing about it, was just that it's very easy. If you mess up, you just get to try it over and over and over and over. 
And I, from when I was younger, I remember the mode being a lot more punishing than it is. It's not the worst thing in the world. I just had this idea in my head that it was a little bit different. <laughs> Um, I still had a lot, of, a lot of fun playing through it. It has one of my favorite boss fights in any video game ever. Uh, there's this RPG in this cave area, this crystal cave area. And what happens is that these menu screens pop up in the background, and your opponent sits in one of the background screens. And oh, what will happen, you, like, you each take turns. So the opponent might take their turn. You'll fight a witch, and she'll shoot a an ice spell at you Uh-oh. and then her turn is done and she falls out of the background into the foreground so that you can actually damage her. And then your turn is done once you, after like two or three seconds or something. And then she goes back into the background and this repeats itself over and over. Um, the last one you fight, I think is a red dragon. And it's like, Oh, holy shit. It's a red dragon. <laughs> Uh, and that's about it. That's that's pretty much the mode. Which and that's cool. Kirby Superstar. That's Kirby Superstar. The final place you go to is uh, Milky Way Wishes, which is pretty cool because what it does. It, but again, this makes the game really, really easy. But there's a an ac- exploration aspect to it that I kind of like. So what the game mode does now, instead of being able to absorb an enemy. You don't swallow them and absorb their power. If you swallow something and try to eat it to get a power from it, nothing happens. Instead, you have to find the permanent upgrade abilities scattered throughout all the stages. So you'll go into one stage, and this stage will have, say, the Fire Joe ability that you can find. So you'll grab it, you'll leave, and then from then on, for the rest of that Milky Way Wishes playthrough, you can open up a menu at any time... And select the Fighter Joe ability. And just have it whenever you want. And that's true of every ability in the game that isn't a one-time use type ability. So um, you can have the Plasma ability all the time. You can have the Fire ability, the Ice ability, whenever you want. Really, really, really broken in the long run. Uh, overall, the mode is fun. Uh, you can, you need, again, you need certain powers to find certain abilities in each area. So you might have to go back to uh, the first stage that you go through with an ice ability or something like that to make it through a certain spot. Or you might need a fire ability, some ability that can create fire so that uh, uh, you can uh, light a wick on fire that um, that lets a cannon fire you off somewhere to go get something else. Stuff like that. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's linear. You've got each stage, but you can go back to the previous ones again to find stuff that you missed the first time that you can get. Uh, overall, the game is good, just not great like I wanted it to be. Uh, it has gotten me interested in some of the other Kirby games, though. I watched a friend of mine play through uh, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror on the Game Boy Advance, and that game looked really, really good. So at some point, I will definitely be playing that and talking about it on the podcast. Uh, the next game that I played... Wait, I have a wait, 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 did you do any okay. retro achievements for it? Um, yes, I did all of the retro achievements for this. I got almost <laughs> all of them hardcore. He just passed over it. Yeah, I did all of them. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. <laughs> there were two in the game that I didn't do, uh, and one of them was tied to one of the mini-games. Or okay. both of them were tied to one of the mini-games in the game. There are two mini-games. They're not really their own modes. One is called... Uh, 
Megaton Punch, and what you do is you go up against three different people of increasing strength, and you're both trying to punch through a couple of blocks, and you have to – what it is, it's a timing game, basically. That's all it is. Okay. Uh, you have to time these three different meters properly to get the highest strength that you can. The other game, and the one that sucks – Wait, and the one what would I, happen if Mega Man like, beat all the bosses in Mega Man, and then Kirby – Inhaled Mega Man and in I wish there was a way to mute Robert right now. I know. I, like Skype <laughs> needs that function. Like there's always that guy you just want to mute. So let's yeah, Kirby. The the one so game that I didn't Kirby. complete. You just said, "Oh my God, Robert!" All right. The on. one game that I didn't complete. We got to get through this, Robert. Shut your mouth. At least because <laughs> this part isn't important. Hey, I'm not uh, the one who played two games. I, I played three, in fact, but I'm only talking about played, two. I actually played so, two. All right, you there you go. Shut your mouth. The last time. The other game is called Samurai Kirby, and this is, again, a timing oh, game, shit. but it, it's reaction-based. And the achievements for it really, really sucked. I hated these because they're luck-based. Uh, what you have to do is that uh, in the game, you have to. there will be this big sign that pops up on the screen as well as uh, a, a noise that plays in the background when it's time for you to press your button. You're supposed to react Wait, to that in time. It's a fighting game, and you respond no. to what's going on in the... For the last time, Robert. <laughs> I thought you said it was a fighting game. <laughs> oh, it's a reaction game. Reaction fighting game. That's what I heard. Where you two are standing. There's no moving. You're reacting to a bright light on the screen and a noise. Okay. All right. Got okay. it. So it's kind of like a fighting game. Exactly. It's <laughs> literally a fighting game. Okay. There are so directional inputs and everything, even though I just said there's no moving. So the thing comes up on the screen. You have to press the button. Yeah, it's very simple. The problem is it's also very hard to do. One of the achievements has you beating it on expert mode, and expert mode requires you to react in the first character. You have 18 frames to react. Pretty simple Damn. for the most part. Uh, the next character, you have to react in uh, under 14 frames of the of you being able to press the button. Get a little more intense. The next character, you have to get under... I want to say 11 frames, and then the last character you have to get... I, it's either 9 frames or under, or under 9 frames. Which sucks. It's very, very, very luck-based to pull that off. Um, and that's what you have to do to get through the exer- expert mode. The other really annoying achievement is also Samurai Kirby for it, where you have to uh, hit the button within 2 frames... Of you being able to. And that's stupid. <laughs> that's literally 100% just pressing the button and hoping that you get lucky enough. That's all it is. And I hated that. Uh, the next game I played, yes, I did some of the super, the, the achievements for this one. I played Super Metroid, one of my Ooh. favorite games when I was growing up. Oh, shit. Uh, this was actually the game, this and Link to the Past are the two games that got me into big open world games exploration type stuff of just getting lost in this world, not knowing what you're doing, not knowing exactly where to go and stuff, just being able to go around and look at stuff. And I had a lot of fun playing through the game. Uh, I a did a 100% game. playthrough where I found all the power bombs, the super missiles, et cetera, et cetera. Um, did I you did look a any up or did you remember or what? Uh, I found most of them. I was only missing... Um, Overall, I, I accidentally, long story short, I had to do two different playthroughs because there's a point of no return that I d- forgot about 
so that I couldn't go back and find the other upgrades. That pissed me off. Um, so I had to do two playthroughs of it just for that. I only missed like six, five or six uh, missile upgrades, which Jesus. was very frustrating. Dude, that is so time consuming. It really is. It, it was super, super annoying. Um, I did another playthrough where I got the uh, the best ending, where you beat the game under three hours. I think my final time was an hour 50 or something in Game Timer, which uh, is very, very far under what you need for it. Oh, and on that same playthrough, this one was so frustrating because that same playthrough where I went for that low time, I was also going for um, – there's an achievement called Bare Bones Hunter. And what that one is, is it says that you beat the game with uh, three E-Tanks, with only three E-Tanks. That is very brutal on the Ridley fight, by the way. Oh, my God, it was so frustrating. It really hurt. Um, the, the achievements that I didn't get for the game were I didn't get them because they're stupidly excessive. One of them is beating... Uh, so when you beat the game, when you finish the last fight, I'll talk more about the game in a little bit. I want to get the achievements out of the way first. Uh, you beat the, f- uh, the final boss, Mother Brain, and then the planet's about to blow up. So you have to escape. During the escape, there's a timer counting down, as you might expect. Uh, Frieza threw her energy ball into the planet, and it's about <laughs> to blow up. Uh, that, that, that's not actually what happens, by the way. Uh, so the plane's blown up, I'll, you have to escape. Yeah. I was just <laughs> you were like, DBZ. wait a minute. No, no, I was just picturing DBZ, because then you know the new Dragon Ball <laughs> Exactly, out. yeah, yeah. And I need to see that so bad. I really do. Holy it's, shit. It's, it's alright. It's, it's probably just stupid fun, that's all I'm asking for. Yep, now. exactly, yep. If you yeah. expect anything else, you're an idiot. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> alright, we're good. Okay, um, so the plane's blown up, you have to escape. One of the achievements is to get off the planet with in less than a minute, which is like top 10 speedrunner in the world tier execution to pull off. No mistakes. Very few mistakes. Like, the world record run for Super Metroid has him escaping the planet with uh, 2 minutes and 11 seconds left on the timer. I I think it was. Uh, So that gives you 11 seconds of leeway to be okay. Not to mention that this doesn't take into account the fact that the emulator itself is a little bit laggy, so the game runs a little bit slower, but the timer doesn't slow down. So that's another big middle finger for that one. <laughs> um, I So I never got that one, especially... I, I wouldn't have minded it as much if you didn't have to go through the last fight every time to get Before the chance it? to do oh this. Oh my god. So it's like... Five to ten minutes to do the last fight and just to get up to the point where you get the chance to go and try for this achievement. And I gave it about three shots and I was just like, no, this is stupid. There's no (laughs) – this is completely unreasonable. So that was about the only one I didn't get. Uh, The game itself, for anybody that's never played Super Metroid before, you owe it to yourself. It's a fantastic game. Uh, If you are okay with getting lost – uh, if you like the idea of exploring, of running into problems it's not very linear, that you really don't have the solutions for. Yeah, like you can walk into an area that just starts burning you to death if you don't have yeah. the right stuff. And it's like and stupidly high. Like it's like near the end game, you're like, okay, wrong area, let's go back. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Uh, so what it is, you land on this planet and you are given next to no direction. The most direction that they give you is just 
you can't go to the right side, so you have to go to the left. You can't go to the right because there's a wall <laughs> that you can't get through yet. So you go to the left yeah, like and you the open a door. <laughs> it's that's basically the Metroid series staple, really. Um yeah. is you get dumped on this planet, you have nothing, start exploring, start finding stuff, uh, and the more stuff you find, the more and more and more the game starts to open up to you. And so like what'll happen is we kind of talked about it. You'll walk into this one area and all of a sudden, there will be like a door that you can't open. You need a different type of missile to be able to open it. You can open blue doors with just your regular gun, but if you see a red door, you need missiles for that one. And you don't have the missiles yet, so you have to keep pushing forward until you find Stress it. Stress me out right now. <laughs> <laughs> so then later in the game, you'll like you'll find an underwater area that you can't maneuver around in yet because you don't have the right suit upgrade that lets Samus move around naturally underwater. So you're moving very sluggishly. Uh, it's and you can't get anything accomplished there. You have to leave until you find something else. You'll walk into a really hot room, a room that is so hot that it actually deals damage to you unless you have the right kind of suit upgrade. Um, and then like, there's other stuff. There's always hot. Am I right? Oh, my God. <sighs> She's pretty hot, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So, all right, so then some of the other stuff is uh, more practical. It's less like, you'll die if you try to do this. There's stuff like, um, you'll find an ice beam upgrade that lets you freeze these one enemies. Like, eventually, at one point, the only place you can go to is a place where you can't oh, escape yeah. from until you find some of the upgrades in the area. And you have to find, like, you are in this section of the planet for a long portion of the game. It's like, if the game were cut into... Uh, fourths, it would be like the second and third parts of the game. You are down there for a very long time. And once you get uh, stuff like the ice beam upgrade that lets you freeze these enemies that you can't otherwise kill at all uh, at this point, that is. You freeze them and you can jump on top of them and freeze another one and keep doing that to climb back out of this giant pit. And it's just like, as you're going through the game, you find more and more stuff that really opens up the world to you. And every time it happens, before that point, you've seen some place, you've seen multiple places most of the time, where you need that thing. Where you need something to be able to go and explore this new spot. And it's always really cool, because you, like you get this new upgrade and you go, oh my god, I can finally go back to this place that I found two hours earlier in the game, and I can jump high enough now to reach that and find out what was up there. And just as, the, like, this excitement of more and more and more stuff in the game opening up is uh, really, 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 really fun. I've always loved that about Super Metroid, and uh, to a lesser degree, I would say, uh, Link to the Past, or some of the older Zelda games in general, is it hard to keep track or to like to remember where everything is? Yes, it's very hard. You'll know there's a very small chance um unless you've played through the game multiple times, there's a very small chance that you're going to remember where everything is. Uh but then there'll be times when you'll you have to backtrack a lot in this game anyway. So you're going to be backtracking through an area and then all of a sudden you'll run by something and go, "Hey, wait a minute. Didn't I need uh, an extra armor upgrade to get through this spot? Didn't I need to be able to grappling hook my way across this pit? And then all of a sudden you're there and you're in the room and you're like, oh, this is it. I can go over here. I can explore this. But the chances of you remembering everything, very, very small. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was when I was playing the first Metroid. I had to start like drawing out. Making notes. Yeah. Paper, yeah. 
Yeah. This game has its, uh, did the original Metroid have this? Uh, because Super Metroid has its own, uh, its own mapping system in game. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a map that you can reference in the game. It doesn't show you everything about uh, an area you were in. It's very simplistic. Uh, It's like it's a pink map. And it's got little dots on it sometimes that shows you, hey, (laughs) there is or was an item up here. And it doesn't really indicate whether you found the item there yet or not. So, yeah, Super Metroid is the game that got me into open-world exploration type stuff. One of the big two for me, and it's it was still an amazing game. There was, uh, I think, honestly, I think the only thing that I didn't like about it on this playthrough was a few of the achievements were extremely frustrating. That and um, when I got to the save point of no return, and I didn't know that's what it was at the time. Old school games, man. And <laughs> oh, my I've, God. I, I like someone in chat mentioned it because I was streaming this, of course, and someone in chat mentioned it right after it happened, right after I saved there. They're like, "Well, there it is, point and no return, buy one hundred percent." And I was like, "Oh, Wait, that's what? Nice. Oh that's no!" <laughs> so that blew. I've like I said, I've said it before, like I, I've played Super Metroid just a little bit, but not very much at all. That's one that I really hope to get to this year. I definitely recommend it. It's a fantastic game. Uh, it's from what I can understand. I was understand, so excited when I beat it first time. Oh my god! I was excited when I found the first real <clears throat> boss. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, holy that's true. Shit. The thing with Kraid is so the first real boss of the game you're going to run into is Kraid. With Kraid, like the area leading up to him, there's this one spot on the floor that you have to shoot through. That there is no strong indicator that you're supposed to be shooting there. It's the first, uh, really? I'd say it's one of the biggest, earliest puzzles in the game. There's like a crack in the floor, and that's it. And I couldn't figure it out for a very long time. And then I found the crack, and then I went to fight. Then you go and fight Kraid. And Kraid is this big, like, Godzilla motherfucker that has fists in his chest that he shoots out at you. That's for the first boss fight of the game, it's like, it just comes out of nowhere. It brings it big, and it just does not... Uh, let you down after that. So All the bosses in the game it. are really cool. Yeah. yeah he straight up just fists you. Yeah. That's pretty terrible. He, he really does. <laughs> That's a bastard. Awesome. So, uh, Super Metroid holds up pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, for me, uh, I want to play through Metroid Fusion pretty soon. I don't know when I'll be able to get around to it, but I want to get to it while Super Metroid is at least still a little fresh in my mind. Um,. Because, like, Metroid Fusion and I think Zero Mission were both GBA titles. And I've played through at least one of those before, and I believe it was Fusion. And it does not retain the same feel at all. Uh, as I remember it, okay. it doesn't have that big open-worldness. It's a lot more railroaded and, excuse me, a lot more uh, linear. Which, uh, that's not what I want from a Metroid. Right. All right, all right. Good, good assist. Yeah, uh, for me, Super Metroid. Uh, you still two my out favorite six, Metroid. Robert? Game. What? Did you say two out of six? <laughs> I didn't say two out of six. At all. Okay, I thought you said two out of six. I'm like, what a random fucking scale. <laughs> yeah, I give it a two out of six, boys. I give it a two out of six point five. You know, no big deal. <laughs> that extra point five is a little well, harder to get. Actually, one of the games that I played that I'm about to talk about, I was looking it up on Wikipedia just to read like. 
was curious as to what how good of reviews this got back in the day because it came out in uh, 95, I think. And according to Wikipedia, oh. this game got... Oh, where did it go? Hold on. Okay. Uh, Famicom Sushin scored... That was a magazine, I guess. Scored the Mega Drive version of this game 30 out of 40. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, Famicom, bad. they use uh, no, the increment system. It's so it's very strange. I don't know uh, what the reasoning behind that is, but they've always done that. And there's only been five games that they've ever given forty out of forties to. I'm surprised. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a very very small number. Um. Also, okay. So for both of my games, Kirby Superstar and Super Metroid, uh, they're both fantastic visually. The colors are it, they're very beautiful games. Uh, very different art styles, but they both do what they do very well. Sound-wise, they're both fantastic as well. Uh, the music in both games is incredible. Kirby's got this very fun, upbeat soundtrack. Uh, like this driving kind of sound of just like... It's going you're in a boss fight and stuff. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm going off again. The the whole sound of the game is just fun. It's very lighthearted. And then in Super Metroid, it's very, very different. And what they do instead there is the, it's all very atmospheric. It's very tough to take the Super Metroid music out of Super Metroid. But in the game itself, it helps create this very lonely, uh, solo, you're alone on this planet, oppressive kind of atmosphere. And it does it. Very, very, very well. Uh, the next Sweet. games I'll be talking about two weeks from now, by the way. I've already played one of them. I finished up The Legend of Zelda, and I'm right now I'm in the middle of playing through Link's Awakening. And, uh, oh, nice. That, I decided I would save both of those to do together, and I think that'll be pretty fun. I do, too. <laughs> so you guys want to hear what I played? Sure. I played a Sega Genesis game called... Uh, this was in the Sega Mega Sack Pack. I was in the mood for a Genesis game. I, I was like, uh... It. I basically was just flipping through. I was like, all right, I'm going to come to the first game that's not like a super long-ass game that I haven't played. And the first one I got to was Comics Zone. Uh, Comics with an X. <laughs> huh? A little yeah, edgy. C-O-M-I-X. Oh, I get it. It took me a second. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, uh, and so, you, I, the, the premise of the game is something like, it goes through these, like, little scenes back and forth for, like, 15 seconds. I have no fucking clue what happened. But basically, when you're playing the game, you're controlling a guy, you're controlling a character in a comic book. Uh, something with the backstory had to do with, like, the writer getting struck by lightning when he was drawing the mag. Like, I really didn't follow it. I didn't really care either. <laughs> but you're, uh, it's a beat 'em up. The story isn't important. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Well put. Blake um, said all of that in four, like fourteen words. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, but the unique thing about Comic Zone is, so you're the main character of this comic book, and as you are uh, progressing throughout throughout the game, you're actually going from panel to panel to panel, like on a page of the comic book. So, you're, like, uh, in one spot, and there will be, like, one or two bad guys. You beat them up and kill them. 
and then you go up to the panel and he kind of like swings around the panel uh, and then lands in the next one and then you're in the next part of the comic book uh, okay. and you're just fighting bad guys in each panel. That's basically all sure. there is to it. The, uh, the the art is pretty cool. Like, <laughs> strangely, your main character is very bland uh, given that he's a comic book, he's supposed to be a comic book superhero. He just like doesn't even wear he has like shorts and a shirt and a vest and like sunglasses yeah but he's relatable man <laughs> good <laughs> one <laughs> um so, but besides that like the art is really cool all of the backgrounds really look nice the game's really color colorful uh all the panels are cool looking the bad guys get a little bit repetitive and it's very the gameplay itself is very button mashy um, you basically just like walk, like run up to a bad guy and just start like mashing the punch button as fast as you can. And that's like, that's literally the best strategy. I tried other ways. I tried like jumping in and like doing jump kicks, and then jumping back out and stuff. Nothing worked as well as just going in and just mashing buttons on people. So that was kind of a letdown. Uh, there are like some rooms. So, so there's one room early on where you free a rat who is apparently like your partner in the comic book because like when he sees her he's like hey buddy what's up let me save you and you say you bring him out of this cage and you in any given panel you can let the rat run free and he might be able to find like a like a weapon that's hidden behind something for you so you might find like a knife that you could throw at people and stuff like that some of the panels have little like puzzles that are very 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 easy to figure out it's like literally like bust up these two barrels to get to the door that's on the other side of the barrels or like Pull this switch and see what happens. Oh, it opens a door to the next room. Uh, and so, like, that was kind of weird. But what was really weird is, so I got to this one panel, like, not that far into the game. Maybe, like, 10 or 15 minutes in. And there are these flying bad guys. So you have to, like, jump kick them. And in this part, there was, like, a pit. And I misjudged my jump kick and fell straight into the pit. So I died. Nice. And... When you die, the game's over. What? Yep. <laughs> what? You die one time, and the game is over, and you have to start back at the beginning. What the fuck? There's no checkpoints? Uh, not there's no I... continues? There's no continues. Did you miss something no... in the options menu? There's no <laughs> that continues. seems very not good. There's no extra lives. I did not come across any checkpoints. I don't think there are, but I'm not going to... I can't say for sure... So I played it again and like got a little bit far. I played it like Why? three or I four times. Time, like, Fuck this. So I played it like three or four times just to kind of like see as much of it as I could. Like it gets really repetitive, even just playing it three or four times. And so after this, after I was like, "Wow, this is really weird," I thought to myself, "This game cannot be very long," uh, because I mean, obviously, it can't it be if no you die sense. once, you have to start yeah. all the way over. So I looked it up on how long to beat. The game is two hours long. If you, oh, if you what? Beat it. That's it. Two hours of gameplay, and you've beaten the game. Assuming you don't die. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. So, that is Comics Zone. And I, uh... It's just, it, was, it was a pretty weird experience. It, like, the combat wasn't particularly bad, but like I said, it was pretty repetitive after a while and button mashy. The game looks great, but the whole kind of gameplay system that they came up with is very weird. Um, 
The other game I played, uh, I'm just going to talk about for a second, is not actually a classic game. It's uh, a retro-styled game that just came out called, uh, I don't know if it's pronounced Odalis or Odalis. I think it's Odalis the Dark Call. Uh, Blake, I showed you this one a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw it. But this is a... Uh, this just came out like a week ago, and it's ago. really, really, really faithful to like the old uh, like nin- like Nintendo style game. Like the graphics look straight out of uh, the original NES, even more so than like Shovel Knight, I would say, which was kind of maybe more Super Nintendo or kind of in between Nintendo. It's kind of Nintendo. in between. They've talked about uh, the Shovel Knight guys had to do a little bit of changing the color palette. I don't remember the specifics, but uh, they did some slight upgrades to it, but it's pretty faithful. I'd say, like, uh, if you look up a game like Little Samson, Little Samson was 100% made on the Nintendo system, just using it to its best abilities. And it, like, Little Samson and uh, Shovel Knight are fairly similar visually. Okay. Okay. Um, It's kind of like, what if the Nintendo had a stronger processor, I guess. Right, I gotcha. This one uh, really, really looks just like uh, a Nintendo game. It looks like a, an uh, like an average graphics Nintendo game. Um, and it's a, Whoa. a Metroidvania type game. So it's based on. It, it actually looks a lot like Castlevania, and uh, probably plays a little bit more like Metroid. I, I don't want to say too much about it but it's i mean it's you walking around with a sword killing bad guys finding items that make you stronger uh so you can go back to other parts of the game and like get to you know other areas that you couldn't get to before um i actually saw the developer write uh, i saw an article written by the developer about like he kind of went into detail about the limitations of like the colors in nes games and that kind of stuff and how he mostly stuck to all that, but kind of like with, I guess, how you were saying with Shovel Knight, there were some things where he kind of gave himself a little bit of leeway just to make it a little bit better. But uh, I would recommend, if you like this kind of stuff, this is one of the few games, sort of like uh, Shovel Knight, that really does stay very, uh, uh, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? True? Yeah, I guess very, it, it stays really true to the to the look and feel of Nintendo games. It's not like, Oh, we're using 8-bit retro art, so this looks like an old game. Like, it actually looks like a Nintendo game looking at it. So, uh, check it out and, uh, just, just, just give it a check. Give it a, give it an old check. Give it a check. Give it a check. Check, 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 check. I've had a fun time playing it. It's made by the same guy who made Oni Ken, if you're familiar with that game at all. And it's pretty cool. Cool. That's all I got. Now you know what it's time for. Masturbation. That's later. That's at we we talked about that, Jay. That's after the ah, podcast. Sorry. So. Well, I can just mute my mic. I do a lot. <laughs> uh, first, I'm gonna get some water, so I'll be right back. Oh you guys my talk about god! Something. Keep keep our listeners uh, entertained for me. Or not, you can edit all this out later. All right. Back to being appropriate. Top tens. Top five. So, this is the uh, blowout top 10 of 25 years ago episode, 2015 edition, which means we're talking about 1990. 
best games from that year. I just did that um, math and it does check out. Okay, is that correct? I was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, sorry, it took me a second. I had to wait for my calculator program to load. Oh my <laughs> calculator program. Uh, my TI eighty six is too far away. Your Twitch, your Twitch degree isn't a math degree. <laughs> you just so, need to know what uh, twenty times fewer is. <laughs> Higher number, better. Dollar <laughs> <laughs> signs are good. Uh, so I had a, actually a different experience coming up with this list than Jay and Blake did. I saw a lot of games and I was like, holy shit, I had forgotten all about that. And like was like going back and looking at all this, like these awesome games that I remembered, like just now from looking back at the titles and everything that I had completely forgotten about. And Jay and Blake were kind of like, holy shit, I've never played any of these games before. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Robert, you kept talking like, oh, man, 1990 is such an awesome year. And Jay and I are both just sitting here in silence like, what the hell? I was like, I hope to God Blake isn't like, oh, yeah, this is easy because, like, this was, like, the hardest thing ever. Like, I was, like, looking at the list. I'm like, what am I going to do? I haven't played any of these games. I played, like, maybe eight of them. And, like, half of those are okay. So Jay has played. So Jay, you have a top five, is that right? Yeah, or, top five, and the rest are just okay. So Jay's Jay's ten through six are going to be pure guesses, just on how awesome the game looks and sounds, and what it's he's going to Robert's like. top five is going to be my my ten through five. Oh, oh, and let's let's. So when we go through this list, let's uh, say what console or plat or what platform rather the game was on, so people can have a a chance to kind of check this out or get kind of a better feel of what. Kind of what the game might have been like. So, because uh, probably a good number of the games, well, possibly a good number of the games, people may not have heard of. So, let's let's state the uh, the platforms as we go through these. So, Jay, why don't you kick it off with your imaginary number ten? <laughs> it's gonna be Deep Dungeon, man. I, I've I've heard a lot about this game. <laughs> I mean, I've known about it for an all of like three minutes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it shares the name with a dungeon that was in Final Fantasy Tactics, so it's got to be a good game. Like, there's just there's no getting around it. Okay. Oh, man. Fair enough. Uh, did this actually come out? Everything. Oh, sorry. This is... came out for the Famicom computer disc system. There you go, Robert. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I know you're really really pushing for that. Good save. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> That's a close one. Yeah. Sorry, guys. All right. Mess up the whole right. flow. Blake. That's my name. Halo's with the number 10. <laughs> uh, so we actually talked about this game earlier. Smash TV. Oh, that's a good one. There you go. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, I picked it because it kind of influenced... It was a very big influence on some games that I'm a big fan of. Uh, most and Midway made it, which is obviously... And Midway made it, so that's huge for me. <laughs> you know, uh, It influenced the creation of The Binding of Isaac, I feel like. Um, in the future, when it finally comes out, Enter the Gungeon... Stuff like that, and uh, the gameplay Smash TV itself is very fun. This is the arcade version. Uh, I'm basing my opinion off of the Super Nintendo version, because I don't think I've ever played the arcade version. But I don't care. Uh, so Smash TV, it's a top-down game. You move your character around the screen, and you fire in different directions. There are enemies swarming in from all over the place. The goal of the game is to get a really high score. All the enemies Store. They're dropping a bunch of money. They drop power-ups like flamethrowers or some crazy weapons like that. Rocket launchers, grenade launchers, etc. Shit like that. And uh, it's just a goofy, over-the-top 
futuristic game. Very nice. Thank, thank uh, you. So. I've actually got a, quite a few that I want to talk about for honorable oh, mentions, but God. I'm going to wait until after we, we're, we we've gotten through. But I want to say this: one thing that I noticed on on the games for this year, like 90% of the games that I was going and looking at have amazing soundtracks. Like I don't know if you guys had the same experience looking back through them or not, but uh, like I don't remember uh, a lot of them honestly. So <laughs> yeah. many of these games. And actually, most of them are maybe the ones that didn't end up making my list. But, like, the soundtrack... Like, for some reason, this seems to have been an awesome year for game soundtracks. It's kind of weird. So my number 10 is a game that I don't actually like, but I used to like it back in the day. And it, it, it was a very influential game for its time. It did a lot of stuff for its genre. However, nowadays, it is outright terrible. That is King's Quest V. Yep. <laughs> and I think that... Oh, by the way, that's a, that was a PC game. That was, It's a point-and-click adventure game. A Sierra point-and-click adventure save. game. Nice save, dude. Yeah, we almost had to ask. We were, we had to, we were counting down. <laughs> and uh, it's... Um, the environment and everything is really cool, but this is one of those games that... There were a lot of Sierra games like this around this time where in their point and click genre where you could get we've talked about this plenty of times on the podcast you've probably heard it you can get stuck you can get the game in an unwinnable state uh with no indication that the game is in an unwinnable state and just keep playing forever trying to figure out what to do you don't know if there's like a puzzle that you haven't figured out yet or what and it turns out that you've like that the game just lets you do something that completely ruined the rest of the game and there are a lot of opportunities to ruin to, 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 to get to that unwinnable state in this game in particular. Like, so many that it's almost kind of astonishing. King's Quest V. Nice. My favorite, I'll, I'll say this, my favorite thing that you can do to ruin the game is you get a pie at one point, and... Can you just eat it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You use you the pie to... on your own character, and he's just like, mmm, delicious. That's exactly what happens, literally. Um, you, you need it very late in the game and you get it very early in the game. <laughs> but yeah, anytime you tell him to eat it, he'll eat it and be like, basically, like, it's exactly what Blake just said. Don't you need it to throw at a character and then like yes, he falls off it. a cliff? <laughs> yes, there's a monster and you have to throw it at the monster and he falls off a cliff. <laughs> That's what we're working That is so stupid. Uh, hello? Hello? Robert DC. I, I think so. Just Robert things, am I right? <laughs> Hashtag just Robert things. So my uh, headset microphone just stopped working. Like out of the blue. Yep. Yeah, it was really weird. I was like, it was really funny because uh, I was saying stuff, and every time I said something, you would sort of say something that sounded like a response. <laughs> <laughs> but Jay never did, so, so I thought Jay was gone. It was really weird. Uh, too good. Is Jay? Where's Jay? Is Jay here? I'm here. I'm talking to my roommate. <laughs> okay. Jesus. So, um, sorry about that, but we're back. We're talking about our top tens. I believe it's Jay's turn to do his imaginary top nine. Oh, and I heard you say that, Jay, have you not played F-Zero? No. I don't think so. Maybe like a long time ago, but not that I remember. 
I didn't know anybody hadn't. I didn't know anybody hadn't played F Zero. Really, Robert? Really? Yeah. Really? Yes. Really? Really? I didn't so, know. So, that, so what's your imaginary number nine? Oh, uh, that's gonna be F Zero. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's got Captain Falcon. I mean, I know you can Falcon punch as the vehicle, so that's all that matters. And <laughs> he punches him right off the road. That's exactly yeah. how it works. And I then he Falcon you kick you to get a lead. <laughs> oh, sorry. I mean, I you Falcon something. Falcon punch. My number nine is it my turn now? I think so. Okay. All right. We'll go with me. Yeah, uh, yeah. My number nine is one of the only licensed games that I know on this list that didn't completely suck. Uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, I love that fucking yeah. movie. That's a great movie. That was my. It was a show, left. Scrub. It was a movie too, dumbass. They made movies out of them. I don't know about no that. No one knows it for the movie. What the fuck I is I knew it for the movies. That, I never watched TV show. I watched movies. God. I'm sorry. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. It's a platformer game. Uh, it, the two-player in it is one of the most brutal, frustrating experiences. <laughs> it's like Battletoads all fucking over again. God. <laughs> is that, it's like a, you have fucking PTSD from Battletoads. God, I, re- I do, from the two-player that game. It God, so awesome. you can play as Chip and Dale. Uh, they don't play any differently. And you're going around trying to fight Fat Cat. It was Fat Cat, right? I don't really remember. Yeah, you're sorry. fighting some of the enemies <laughs> from the show. The main guy, the main final villain is Fat Cat. Uh, he drops cigar ashes at you. It's an okay game. <laughs> it, it's smoking at lung cancer. <laughs> Died of lung cancer. It's uh, it's an all right game. It's mostly there because of nostalgia. Playing with my cousin a lot was fun. Uh, to a degree, it's also very frustrating. You pick up, to attack things, you pick up boxes. They're like little crates around all over the place, which is weird because you're a little chipmunk and like in the show, you're very tiny already. And then on top of that, like you're picking up crates that are even smaller than you are, which is weird when you think about it. But apparently there are crates that oh, are yeah. chipmunk oh, yeah, sites just weird. sitting around all over the place. Oh yeah, obviously, dude. <laughs> it's Wisconsin. What? It's obviously, it's Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's all they do is package small crates. They make crates. They fill crates with tiny crates. Totally. Um, So you pick up the boxes. You can duck down inside of them. Sometimes you throw them at people, and that's how you fight things. You throw boxes and big balls at them. Duck, dodge. Dive, duck, and dodge. There you go. Yeah. I loved that game. This was almost this. This was my number eleven. But yeah, I used to love this game also. It's cool. You know, you know, I love Robert. I loved your number eight. My number eight. Don't hear my number, number nine. nine first. Yeah, kind of. You can hear number eight on the next round, okay? All right, all right. Promise. You better. better yeah. Oh, yeah. No. I, yeah. I'm committing to finishing this list with you guys tonight. Is that all right? Uh, I'm gonna finish you off first, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> number nine is uh, Sega Genesis. Oh, by the way, Rescue Rangers was NES. Yes, it was on the Nintendo. Play, come on, dude! We took this huge break. You didn't say where F Zero was from. Don't come I at me. Like I said it was from Falcon Punch, dude. That's the console. <laughs> God, dude, you didn't even listen to me sometimes. Who are you talking to me anymore? My number nine is uh, Alien Storm for Sega Genesis. Uh, it was a, kind of a take on the the classic walk around beat 'em up, except it. Uh, was cooler because you had like it was there were aliens that you were fighting it was like more of a sci-fi themed setting and you had cool weapons like 
there were three characters you could be. This one guy had like a gun that shoots out like electric bolts. And there was a robot who you could be, and he was my favorite one. He had a, a, a whip that was like a whip of electricity that was pretty badass. And then there was a girl who had a flamethrower. And it was, like I said, like a side-scrolling, uh, like kind of like Streets of Rage type game. And every once in a while, you'd get to a part where it was like, I don't know, I guess kind of like a rail shooter, but but not but like a stationary rail shooter. So it's like first-person perspective. You see your like target, your reticle on the screen, and you're shooting the bad guys as they pop up from behind shit. Uh, and probably has not held up too well, but it was really cool game for its time. Cool. Jay, imaginary number eight. Actually, my number eight's, I mean, somewhat realistic. It's Dr. Mario. Dr. Mario! Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a fun game. It's uh, uh, pretty much like, I mean, the basic explanation I think of is it's kind of like Tetris, but you have pills that are just two parts, and the, you have to line up the parts. Was there anything else? Oh, you had the, the virus. Oh, the colors. The, yeah, the viruses colors. you had to clear. It was two. No, there's more than two. There was three. No, no, no. I'm saying, like, each pill is two colors. Oh, yeah, and then you had the, the virus pieces as well, which were, like, a single dot, but they could be, like, connected up to, like, multiple ones. Yeah, and yeah, they would be, like, blocking the way. Yeah, so the viruses would be different colors, and then you had to, like, try and connect, uh, sorry, try and make a combo that would attach to the same color as the virus. <clears throat> Excuse me, speaking of viruses. And, uh, yeah, Dr. Mario's great. The music is super, super catchy. It's, like, almost as catchy as Tetris, I would say. Oh, I gotta um, pull it up. Nah. Um, okay. So, uh, hey, Jay. Hey, Robert. What console was this on? I already said that. So it was NES at the very beginning. Dr. Mario for NES. I don't know. I don't think he did. Go back and listen to it. Blake's not here right now. Please leave a message after the Twitch. You didn't <laughs> say it. You didn't. Oh, Blake! You're supposed to back oh, me up here. Burn. Next time, I'm never going to back you up, Blake. That's it. You never did in the first place. I'm Number never, eight! I'm not, your booth. I'm not coming to your booth at TwitchCon. Number eight. My booth? <laughs> Are you even going to be at TwitchCon? No. Yeah. Fuck what I go. Watch people slay. Hang out with me. Shit. Suck. Yeah, you. I'd get intoxicated in multiple ways with you. And <laughs> I'm going to get in all the good parties, so uh, there is that. Um, all right, so number eight. Uh, my number eight, Double Dragon 3, The Rosetta Stone. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I, don't, I actually don't uh, played that one. I very vaguely remember it, and I, I've watched, I've definitely watched people play it more than I remember playing it myself. But uh, the reason it's on there is because it did some pretty cool stuff for the beat-em-up genre at the time. Uh, to my knowledge, it was the first game that featured, like, vastly different characters, as different as they were. Uh, it was kind of like the the predecessor for uh, stuff like um, uh, Final Fight 3, things like that later on, where the characters... In Final Fight 3, it's a lot more developed, where they've got their own big special moves, where you do fighting game inputs for them and shit. But, uh, like, in... in uh, Double Dragon 3, you've got characters. You've got one character that has a claw and stuff. And they all play very differently, and it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's a uh, pretty refined beat-em-up, especially for the time. Nice. You know what's really interesting I heard about Double Dragon 3 is... Oh, maybe you didn't say this. is what console it's for. Ah! <laughs> That's actually my number seven, by the way. So, <laughs> go ahead and shove it. So, you want to say what console it's from, or you just want to stand there and look? No, for no, I don't, actually. I don't, okay. I don't care. All right, Robert, keep going there. <laughs> My number eight is also Dr. Mario. No. Uh, All right, we're just lining up. Yes. Just like lining them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for saying it again, Robert. We already heard it. All the same thing. Yep. But man, like, I don't usually like 
these kind of games, like Tetris-like games. Like, I don't, like, typically like stuff like that, but Dr. Mario 2 two-player mode is so much damn fun. It will make and you, you play with anybody. Oh my longer God. words than you've ever, like, thought of before. Yeah. I like the fact that it's it is a ton of fun to play two-player on that game. Like, we used to play that after school at my house, and, like, we used to, like, hang out at my house after school, me and most of my friends, and uh, we would, you know, inevitably play PlayStation games or, like, N64 games uh, and stuff like that, and eventually PlayStation 2 when that came out. But at one point, I got a hold of a Nintendo, like, it was my friends or something, I don't know what happened to mine, and, like, a handful of his games, and Dr. Mario was one of them, and we put it in, we were like, oh, yeah, let's just goof around and see if this is any fun. We got so hooked on that game for a while, it is super fun on multiplayer. Yeah. Like, surprisingly fun. Uh, Jay, what's your imaginary number seven? Oh, it's not imaginary. It's Double Dragons 3. It was my number seven. This is where oh, it's right. a little <laughs> bit more plausible. Yeah, thanks, Blake. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> thanks, Blake. And, uh, what's <laughs> Blake, come on, dude. It's so inappropriate. <laughs> Anyways, Blake, now that we're adults, you want to move on? Uh, <laughs> one of us is adults, the other one is you. Number seven. Oh! Ninja yeah. Gaiden 2, another Nintendo classic. Oh, God. Talk about screaming and cursing. <laughs> this is one of those extremely, words. like, bend-you-over old-school Nintendo I-hate-my-players-type games where, uh, I mean, it does some cool stuff. It's it's You play as a fucking ninja, so you got that going for you. <laughs> the side-scroller, you're jumping around, you're swinging your sword at stuff, you get ninja power-ups like throwing fire at enemies. Who doesn't like ninja power-ups? Right? Especially when you throw fire. Yeah. So from there, uh, you it's also got some really cool cinematics for the time. Like, this is some of the cooler storytelling. It's not good storytelling, but the effects are really <laughs> cool for the time. It's cool, but it's not good storytelling. It's it's terrible storytelling. <laughs> the, the, the plot, if you can even call it that, it's just terrible. Uh, it's as it, good as, like, Ninja Stole the President. It's oh, probably better than that. Uh, <laughs> what's really cool about the way that they tell the story is that they've got like these, not uh, not just cutscenes, but uh, they they show like uh, little panels, like almost comic book panels, I guess, that um, that are uh, like still images. And then like the camera will kind of move around in those still images, and then it'll cut away to a different still image, and it was. Surprisingly progressive for its time, given how simple it is uh, for a Nintendo console. It's progressive, I should say. And the gameplay is fun. It's brutal. It's going to kick your ass. You're going to die over and over and over. But you have unlimited continues, so as long as you are really, <laughs> really adamant about beating the game, you can eventually do it. Sorry, I only play games that have no continues. Okay, Metal Gear Solid, keep it down. <laughs> My number seven is Here it comes. a game for Sega Genesis that you probably haven't heard at heard of. Heard at. Probably heard haven't heard of it. You heard that? It's a uh, it's called Thunder Force Three. It's hmm. a uh, side scrolling shmup spaceship style, like super R type sort of. Except you're not in space. You're well, you're on like another planet, I believe, but you're not actually just like in like the black of space, like like you are in R type. Uh, but, like, man, the graphics on this game, for its time, like, completely blew me away. 
the game was really fun. The bosses were cool. Like, all the weapons you got were awesome. But, like, it was one of those games... Like, this game, literally, my dad and my mom, who didn't give a shit about video games, would just watch me play and literally be like, wow, this game looks so good. Like, you, if you pull up a video of it, you'll, you'll see, like, yeah, this game looks pretty good. It doesn't, like... It's not going to be mind-blowing nowadays, but for its time, it was, like, possibly... It was definitely one of the best-looking games I had played when it came out. And it was really fun, too. Thunder Force 3. Thanks for saying it again. You're welcome. What console, Robert? I was on Sega Genesis, once again. Thank you. Just check. I just wanted to hear it for a third time, if you don't mind. Okay. All right, yeah. Thanks. I believe it's the sequel to Thunder Force 2. <laughs> okay. James, number six. <laughs> is this me? Yes. I'm going to go with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. We've talked about this game a couple times. Um, this game was, is, if you play it now, it's pretty much a pile of shit. But back yeah. when this game first came out, or, well, I didn't play it when it first came out. I played when I was about seven or eight, so like a couple years after it came out. This game was horrifying. Like, if you were within the age group of like six to ten, probably even older. Robert, did you play it when it first came out? No, I have never played it. Oh, okay. So pretty I've much Nightmare, it. yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. Like it, it looks pretty garbage and uh, nowadays, but like back then, like when the music would start and the the screen would adjust to to ha- to getting attacked. Oh man, it was we like when I, I played with a group of friends and we'd have to swap people just to <laughs> continue going because like nobody could continue the entire time. Just to build just up enough too, nerve. Yeah, just too scared. Like you just you needed like a time like a ten minute time out just to like, cool down a few minutes. Oh. <sighs> Yeah, it's a fun game. I didn't, well, I, no. I didn't oh, I until you were ta- until you talked about it one time. I didn't realize that, that people actually found the game scary when it, it came out. I mean, it's just like when you're a kid and your imagination runs. It's like anything is can be scary to you. Like you know, when you're right. just that young, I guess. Okay. And this was for Nintendo. Thanks. You're welcome, Robert. No problem, buddy. Blake. My number six was on. PC, and it's Secret of Monkey Island. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> um, Tell us about it. I, I'm sure you'll do plenty of that when it's your number one. <laughs> you should, number one, Robert. <laughs> so, all right, honestly, we all know, anybody that's a common listener to this knows that this is going to be on Rob's <laughs> list. I'm going to leave most of the talking on it to him. I'll share my personal experience a bit. Well, hey, why don't you talk? I didn't like, play I've... it when it was new. Uh, I played it a couple – I recently just played it uh, whenever you gifted it to me. But I guess it was about a year ago now. Like year and ago. yeah, okay, whatever. Well, I played it – no, actually, I did play it over winter break. That's right. Okay. So I did play it about a year and a half ago. I still haven't finished it, but I can definitely see the good gameplay qualities there. Uh, the gameplay for an adventure game, you don't have those dead-end things where you can't do anything. But uh, the writing of the game is – good it was funny it's it does what it does well and i think it gets a lot of deserved credit for that and i don't harbor any extreme love for ninja gaiden 2 double dragon 3 chip and dale rescue rangers or smash tv so overall i think uh, i'd have to put secret of monkey island higher on the list just because of its superior writing sweet and uh this was on pc if i if i didn't say that <laughs> <laughs> I think you did. I think I may have PC. It was a PC game. <laughs> What's fun? Oh my God. Not Mac. <laughs> Robert, you're number six. My number six is John Madden Football for Super Nintendo. Uh, 
I mean, you can't, I mean, obviously John Madden football has become, well, it's kind of Ridiculous. gone down the drain a little bit, but it's a very famous uh, series, of course. And the, like, especially when it first came out, like there were, you know, back when this game came out, there were, there was not like one main, one or two main football games that, that everybody played who liked football games. It was like, there was this, and then there were there was like Joe Montana football and like plenty of others, but John Madden was one of the best, if not the best, and probably the best uh, out of all the football games at the time, and that's why it survived for so long. I mean, it still exists today, but I mean, I'm sure it it still sells extremely well today. But I think kind of the consensus is, if I'm not mistaken, is that it sort of has gotten stale. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know because I don't play them anymore either. But this was a really fun game. I mean, it's a football game. It had like all of the uh, it had like all of the components that you would want in a football game, and it was super fun to play uh, two players. Uh, that was me and my friends spent a lot of time playing against each other on this. Uh, it was one of those games where like you'd go over to your buddy's house and be like, "Hey, let's play John Madden football," and you just sit there and play it for like five hours. Really cool game. Yeah, I, I never played that one. I played one when, when I was younger. I played Tecmo, Tecmo football, which was really really fun. I played that a lot. Is it? Yeah, the Nintendo. NES? Yeah, was it was it better or worse? Do you know? It, this was better. Tecmo. Really? Holy shit! Was like kind of weird. Like I didn't play it as much as everybody else did. Okay. But like Tecmo Bowl to me is kind of more like like Tecmo Bowl has the weird thing where there are like first of all there's only like four plays to pick from. And it's like if you both – it's like you pick the right defense and you automatically – it's like just built tie, in. You yeah. automatically – yeah, the play doesn't work. It's just a down like, pretty much. John Madden football is more like – it's like basically the same mechanics as football games used today. It just, you know, didn't have <clears throat> as good a gra- – <clears throat> excuse me. It just didn't have as good a graphics and all that. But like gameplay-wise, there are, really are not a whole lot of differences. Like if once you're in the game playing the game – you're not doing a whole lot differently than you are now. It just handled like the feel of playing a football game really, really well. So, uh, Jay, <laughs> what's up, girl? All right, here's the real list. Now we're into the stuff that actually matters. Hey, Top five. Top five games. I kind of Hey, can you inter- can you introduce us with your God mode um, microphone? No, like- I can't. Oh, Jay, number five. <laughs> Number five is going to be Bomb Bomb Bomber Man. Bomber Man. Uh, this is actually mainly, I only played the first one a handful of times, but my biggest reason for this Wait, is because it. Is this, is this the original Bomberman? Yes. Was okay. that the wrong time? I just time? wasn't sure. Okay. I, no, no, no. I just wasn't sure. Oh, I scared the shit was of like a, one of the <laughs> follow ups for the original one. Oh, no. So the original, the original Bomberman, which was for <laughs> PC. <laughs> I'm reading off the list here for you, Blake. It looks like PC was the original one. What? So it says says PC, TurboCraft, Atari. TurboGrafx-16. TurboCraft! (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm wearing... wearing TurboCraft, that was the the first console attempt by Blizzard, right? Oh, God. No, their name was something different. It sounds like a a boat. No, sorry, I'm wearing contacts for the first, like, the second time in so many years. My eyes are still, like, I have to, like, blink every couple of seconds to, like, I don't Why know. don't I pull it up? No, I have, I have, I can see it now. Thanks, Robert. Are you Check sure? It. And, 
Yeah, Robert. Anyways, so um, I, only, I actually only played this one a handful of times, but um, the main reason I wanted to put it on my list is because it, it, the actual Bomberman series I really, really enjoyed. Um, I, I played the later ones so many times with a variety of different people just because it was such a fun concept and it was it was really exciting to watch other people play because like when somebody's getting close to dying or if um somebody was doing something crazy like it was just a really enjoyable experience like i i I don't know at least bomberman for me was like kind of like a almost like a even when you weren't playing it was kind of group oriented just because you're it was just kind of a tense game because like if if you thought something was going to happen and the other person didn't and you're right or wrong it was just kind of yeah, yeah. It's got like super dicey, I guess. But what what, um, what did you play it on when you used to play it? I'm trying to think because I I didn't I, when I was younger. I actually didn't own most consoles or systems. My uh my neighbor did. I actually spent like 18 hours a day at his house. So I actually don't <laughs> know. It's probably on PC because he actually had a, he had a PC okay. like probably like four or five years before I did. Like it was insane. Like he his parents literally gave him every console and you could imagine. Like he had a computer's room at like seven or something. Like it was insane. So. I'm going to assume it was probably a PC, but it says it was multiplayer. I don't remember this game being multiplayer. You just said when you're playing multiplayer. No, 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 the later ones. Later ones. I don't remember yeah. this one specifically being multiplayer, though. Let me Google. Hold on a second. Like, I remember the actual game, but I don't remember this being multiplayer. Like, how would they have done it? Split screen on them? No, or like, split screen. I, I mean, mean it's just one single screen. No, no, I meant game. split. Sorry. Like, if it was on a computer and you're playing multiplayer, what, what would you do? Split up the keyboard? Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's weird. I, di- I don't think I played multiplayer on the original one. Okay. That would have been nuts. Can you imagine splitting a keyboard between three or four people? or even It says one to five players. <laughs> five what people just sharing a keyboard. That's got to be for, like, the arcade version. Or yeah, something. that would make a lot more sense. I think... Let me see. Let's see. It was came out for... All right, we're going to move on. Okay, sorry, I'm just reading this. I guess it came up for PC first. So <laughs> if, you I mean, find, hey, if you find something interesting, then let us know. Okay. Uh, Blake, number five? Blake. Oh, God, did we lose Blake now? No, no, sorry. I was dealing with something. Uh, okay. All right, number five. Something we okay. meant to mention a little bit earlier uh, that I forgot about. Uh, we're not being thorough with this list, like uh, same as last time. There are some games that were not released in America in 1990, but they were released oh, yeah. in Japan and uh, places like that in 1990. But they didn't make it to the States until 91 or later. So that said, my next game is the Super Nintendo launch title, Super Mario World. Yay, that's pretty good. Yay. Uh, it's, I mean, it's Super Mario World. We've talked about it on here before. It's a fantastic platformer. It's very fun. It's Mario updated graphics with a cape now, new inventory system. It introduces Yoshi. Gameplay is very fun. The world map is very cool. Uh, being able to find alternate exits in the stages is really, really great. And uh, it was a How many playthroughs did you do to find everything? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I was just like, I've probably 100% of the game a dozen times. With all exits and everything. But, uh, like the, there are just times where going through the game, you'll miss one exit in a place like one of the haunted houses or something. Like a haunted house in, uh, the forest of illusion, the fourth world, where you can't see that the haunted house has multiple exits. That can really, really suck. <laughs> the forest of illusion in general is really shitty for that, actually. 
But uh, amazing game. Amazing. Agreed. My number five is another Super Nintendo game. We talked about this four spots up ago. F-Zero. Nice, nice. Uh, F-Zero is super awesome because, like, it's got a really cool, like, theme. It's got, you know, once again, it's got, like, a futuristic, uh, you, you drive these, like, awesome-looking hover cars and the stages and the tracks look all futuristic and stuff. But, like, the racing mechanic was so good in this game. The, the track, like, I feel like some, like, a lot of racing games that have, I wouldn't call them gimmicks, but they have things that, like, set them apart from other racing games. Sometimes they lose the actual racing aspect of it, and, like, the racing isn't particularly hard and stuff like that. But, uh, the racing was really, it was hard, but not, like, unreasonably hard in F-Zero. So it was super fun to play, and uh, and it was also a really good multiplayer game. Cool. And you get to what was it? You get to falcon falcon punch your way yeah, you all over to, the well, place. Well, no, you falcon kick everywhere. You falcon punch to knock somebody off. Okay. <laughs> sure, that happens in this. Listen, I'm sorry. Wait till we get to the, to the years where I was actually like you know existed for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait for that. <laughs> all right, okay. uh, number four. Getting a little bit farther into getting deeper into the woods. Ooh, baby girl. Uh, so mine is going to be, speaking of releases in America versus Japan, Blake? Uh, uh, I don't know what. Final? Fantasy Legend 2? No. Oh. Final Fantasy 2? 3? Uh, there it is. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So I actually did not play this game when I was younger. I actually only played it uh, when I was a lot older, when it came out for Game Boy, um, which was like... Actually, let's see if it says it on here. Hold on. Nope, doesn't say. But it originally came out in 1990. Um, I played it uh, two times, actually. I played it uh, one when it first came out for Game Boy... I want to say Advance? Game Boy. If it Game was Boy? Final Fantasy three, then yeah. <laughs> Advance. Yeah, and then they all... I didn't even know that it had a advanced release. I think it it was. I'm trying to think about Game Boy. Regardless, I, I played it on Game Boy and then I played it on my phone because I downloaded an emulator for whichever uh, Game Boy it was. But um, Final Fantasy III, it was uh, it was incredibly interesting to go back and play this because I really enjoyed the first one. Um, two was okay to me because I went like maybe like 10 years ago, I went back and played a lot of the older ones since I was like in love with the series and three was like incredibly hard for me. I struggled at so many points, especially towards the end. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I was just like a special breed and like still adapting to getting good at like RPGs, but I remember this game being like stupidly hard towards the end. Like it was like a grind fest in order to be like strong enough to even kill the last boss. Whereas like Final Fantasy one, like as long as you did everything in the right order, you pretty much had no problems, like, for, for the most part. Do you remember having similar issues, like? I haven't oh, played DS. through 3 yet. Yeah, yeah, Nintendo, I was about yeah. to ask if it was DS. It was DS. So um, it was yeah, I haven't gotten the chance to play through it yet. I have the PC version <clears> that <throat> uh, I'm going to get around to at some point, but I haven't been able to yet. I'm looking okay. forward to it because uh, class system, fuck yeah. Yeah, I might uh, actually... I'm gonna actually play this one again. Maybe that's what I'll do soon because I, <clears throat> I really don't remember too much about it because it's still been a while. But I'm gonna actually play this again soon. I should probably write that down. Play this again soon. Play this again. Well, I, I'm making a list. Your dad's on there too, Robert. 
Oh, sweet. All right, Blake. Number four is a Game Boy game, Uh-oh. which is uh, actually what oh. I just said. Final oh. Fantasy Legend 2, which in Japan was not known as Final Fantasy Legend 2. It was known as Saga something. It was one of the Saga series games, um, sort of like Saga Frontier, which I believe Saga Frontier on the PlayStation was the first Saga game that we got here in the States. But uh, they changed the name of it when they brought it over because Final Fantasy series sold well enough over here, and they didn't want to risk a new IP. So they went with Old Reliable and just lied and said that the game was supposed to be Final Fantasy-related, which, at the very least, it is an RPG. And (laughs) for me personally, I'm a big fan of the saga elements that they have in the game big part of the saga games tends to be that uh, you have these different races and in this one you get to start you get to select a starting race for each of your characters or or for any of your characters and you can have a male or female version of any of them there there's uh, like you've got humans there are robots and there are monsters and the monsters can like eat and turn into the other monsters that you're fighting and stuff so there's a pretty cool in-depth system going on there of uh like all this different equipment that you can have with uh, ammo and shit. It's a really uh, good game, and I'd actually I might try to play through that sometime again. You go around and you fight. Uh, you're collecting the magi, which I don't even remember what the magi do for you, but I feel like they give you some kind of a bonus to your character. <laughs> and uh, magic. They do magic or something. I don't know. It's <laughs> some crazy wizard up. shit. It doesn't matter. It's all hard. It's been, uh, I think, the, the last time I even touched this game. This is one of the few games, about the two or three games that I played on a physical Game Boy. And I played this back in uh, right after, pretty pretty close to the re- release of, uh, what was it, uh, Pokemon Red and Blue, which was the other game that I played on GB. Uh, so I want to say 96, 97. Sometime around there. And uh, it's been an, a very, very long time since I last played it. But it's an enjoyable game. It's the first... It's a saga game. It wasn't the first one because it was Final Fantasy Legend 1, which I believe was also a saga game that was brought over here. And uh, it's a good game. It's fun Blake, stuff. You're an enjoyable title, Sagas. just so you know. I'm an enjoyable title? I an enjoyable title. actually am. Yeah? What console were you for? Uh, I was on Game Boy, like I said, like five times. Red Eagle? Yeah. yeah. Uh, So my number four is Wing Commander, which is a PC, uh, like, space combat sim. And probably out of all of the games on this list, this is the one that I find most impressive from a technical standpoint. Just because, I mean, for uh, space combat sims, Wing Commander like got so many of the components that we found in later series, like the, like the uh, X-Wing and TIE fighter games and stuff like that. Wing commander sort of is as far as I know, the first game to do that. And it did it really well for its time. I actually never played this when it came out. I played it for the podcast about a year ago or so. And I had a lot of fun with it. It's got some problems, but it is really, really fun and they, like I said, they just really nailed the uh, the space combat sim. All of the cool. like every all of the actual gameplay components, they I feel like they just nailed them. Really cool game. It's a 
it's one of those where it'll be like, go on a mission to do this. And it's not like you just jump out and then you're fighting bad guys. It's like you, like nothing might happen for a while. You got to go check out these checkpoints. Just kind of like make sure nothing's going on. And then eventually like some guys, you'll, some bad guys will come in from way far off and you have to engage them. You got all sorts of different missions to kind of do. It's, ne- it's never just like, I mean, maybe occasionally it's like kill all the bad guys, but there are like escort missions and things like that. Awesome. Awesome game. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay, it looks like we're back to you. Right, you ready for three. me to? You ready for this uh, contribution? I feel like I'm not contributing anything today, so I'm just gonna go ahead and circle jerk <laughs> Robert here. Uh, my number three is gonna be the Secret of Monkey Island, purely because oh. all, that's all Robert talks about, even though I haven't played the game. <laughs> that's how much. That's how many I have on this list right now. Oh my god! Dude, oh, I've wow. looked at this list like 30 times, and I recognize maybe 10 titles, maybe. I just don't play any of these games. I'm sorry. I can't believe it. I, me too, actually. Like, I, when I first looked at, like, the, I was looking at the wrong list, but I was, like, really excited and, like, looking at this, I'm like, I've even, like, you should see how many of I've actually looked at just to make sure. Like, maybe I've heard of this, and I look at it, I'm like, no, I have not. That's how it was for me, except, like, most of the ones were like, oh, now I remember this. Nah, see, I just, I get nothing, man. Like, all, some of these games I've heard of, like, a lot of the ones you guys put on your list, I'm like, yeah, I've heard of that game, but I've never, like, played it. I've, I've, I've seen other people play it, maybe. Hey, um, one question. Oh, God. What, what, what platform was uh, Secret of Monkey Island on? It's computer. Come on, Robert. Blake, number three. Number three. Actually, the numbers here line up very well. This is a Nintendo title, and it's a sequel, of course, because the numbers title, are... Title, title, title. Title, 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 title. The title is title, actually. The title is title three. Uh, the title of the game... Stop it! three is Mega Man 3. <laughs> Wait, is that that's the one with Kirby, right? The one where you inhale him, and then you get Mega Man's abilities. <laughs> yeah, and then you get to Megaton Punch with the Mega Megaton Mega Punch, Mega. and then you you can Falcon Megaton Punch keep people off as yeah. Exactly. That, that's that's only Megaton. when you absorb the powers of a Kirby that has swallowed Captain Falcon. Obviously, you don't have to tell me these things. I know. <laughs> Mega Man Three. Uh, it's, I almost coffee. A lot of people feel like it's an improvement over uh, Mega Man Two. I don't think I agree. That's probably why I have it in my third spot on the list instead of the second. Uh, it's a great game. It's classic Mega Man. You got your eight robot masters, and then you go off to fight. Spoilers. You go into Wily's castle. Take it off my head. Wily. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, I think the biggest problem I have with the game, I, I like how it's this high on my list, and one of the first things I'm focusing on is the problem I have with, with it. Um, you refight the bosses for Mega Man 2, and they are a pain in the ass to fight in this game. Uh, overall, though, like this is the game where they introduced sliding for Mega Man, uh, which changes up some of the platforming elements a little bit. Uh, overall, very fun game, very good, great music, and still Mega Man when Mega Man was in its prime. Uh, Sweet. My number three is Super Mario World. Oh, shit. Hey, what do you know? Here we go. Yeah, it's for Super Robert. Nintendo, by the way. You want to just circle jerk this one since this is my number two? <laughs> you want to two-man it? I mean, it's you a fucking want... amazing game. Super really? fun. Like, when Super Nintendo came out, uh, 
it's it's like this was the most perfect job they could have done with the Mario game to be like here's Super Nintendo this is the next like this is this this is the next Nintendo console you're going to get here is our Mario game like we're going to fucking blow your minds with it it was uh, just a super awesome huh I was just gonna say, like, I just love when, like, you're doing a level, like Blake was talking about this earlier, when you get the secrets, like, the side stuff, and, like, you get, like, the bonus oh, levels. Yeah. It's just, it was so exciting, because you're like, holy shit, or somebody told you about it at school, they're like, oh yeah, I got the, uh, I got the bonus level in this world, you're like, yeah, bullshit. And they're like, no, you have to go here and do this, and you're like, okay, and then you get home, and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. What? They weren't lying. And it had, like, all sorts of new bad guys, and it had Yoshi, and all that yeah. stuff. I, 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 I couldn't decide this and Wing Commander, I couldn't decide which should be in fourth and which I wanted it to be in third on my list. But what I kind of just like eventually decided was that Super Mario World has held up really, really, really well. Uh, I mean, yeah. you can still play it and just have a hell of a fun time. So uh, this makes number three for me. The other thing I think was really cool as an addition to this was the, um, the Star World. And oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh. Man. Where the Star World takes you, the bonus levels up there, which are just completely like yeah. all of the awesome side content in the game is what makes yeah. it so good. And the music, I agree. Well, and the music, yeah. But the fact that it adds like all this side content compared to uh, old Mario games that didn't really have that kind of stuff. That there was very yeah, kind of they're very linear, yeah. very linear for the most mm-hmm. part. And then this one, you've got all this like exploration going on, which was really really cool for the time. The and it's still suit. cool now. Baby girl. And it'll be cool tomorrow. Oh, God. Still. Stop it. Number two. That was my number two. So that was your number two. So That's my number two. Slamming. I was slamming it. With this is a game that uh, I didn't play on its original release. Mostly because I don't think it came to the States until far later on. Let me double check the release of this one. Um, While you do that, why don't you check the uh, console for it? I already know the console. I know what console I played it on, too. Okay, so this one didn't make it to the States, but it didn't make it here until 1992. Uh, and this game, it came to the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, the NES is what that's Thank referred you. to. Thank short, you. Just oh, okay. in case uh, anyone needed that clarified. Just meant I did. Sure. Good. I definitely did. Okay. I love uh, how you, this... you gave us the full name and then clarified what the abbreviation <laughs> is. <laughs> well, a lot of people know it as the NES, so... Uh, so this, I played it on the Nintendo DS. Speaking of RPGs on the, uh, DS, this game was Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior 4. Oh, Robert talked about this. Sweet. This is a really, no, I don't think Robert's talked about this. Nope. I thought he talked about this earlier. Wasn't that on your list, Robert? Nope. Oh, no. I'm thinking the wrong thing. I'm King's sorry. Quest okay. 5 was. This is That's a... what I was thinking of. That's what I was thinking of. Okay. So there, it has different names in different places. It was Dragon Warrior here in the States back in the day. Nowadays, they've adopted the Japanese official real title of Dragon Quest. So uh, Dragon Quest Four, I played it on the DS. I didn't play the original version. The reason I actually really, really enjoy playing this game is that uh, for the most part, it's a pretty normal RPG game as far as the design and everything. But what this one does really well is... Each character has their own chapter where they're the only character from your party, your final party that you have access to right then. They all have their own story that gets built up. They all have their own characterization. So it's an entire chapter that is focused around developing this character and their storyline and where they come from and everything. 
And I had a lot of fun playing through that when I played through the game. Aside from that, it's a typical old school Dragon Quest fanfare, turn-based battles. Um, the story overall is not anything super great to write about. Uh, the gameplay is, again, it's pretty simple. You cast some damaging spells. You've got some big party damaging spells. You've got healing, so on and so forth. You can sleep some things. And actually, one of the things I do like about the Dragon Quest games is that they tend to be pretty good about making your status effect spells really useful in random battles. And Final Fantasy's always had a very big problem with that. But in the Dragon Quest games, it can be highly, highly effective and even your best course of action to just put the enemy party to sleep and then try to pick off some of the stronger ones early on. Stuff we like call that. that crowd controlling? We call it crowd control? Fuck off, wow nerd. God. Uh, sorry, that's uh, any, any MMO you can go uh, to? <laughs> that's an MMO that was on PC. Uh, that's a personal computer. <laughs> yep. Uh, so uh, if, you, if you like RPGs, I actually really like... Uh, I, dr- I very highly recommend checking out Dragon Quest Four. It's a really, really good game. Sweet. All right, my Sweet. number two Sweet. is a uh, Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. 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 I'm gonna pass out. Sweet. <laughs> Probably. Sweet. Sweet. Uh, could you tell me what system Sweet was on? Sweet. Sunday. It's on the Sweet Entertainment Sweet. System. The NES that stands for it, Nintendo <laughs> Entertainment. Sweet. <laughs> But only if you play Kirby's Dream Land, because, you know. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Robert, come on. Robert, dude. number two. Don't mess around. How is this going to work out? Sweet. How am I going to get through this with y'all doing? Sweet. I, I don't think Blake's uh, even doing it anymore. I'm going to be honest with you, Diane. I'm pretty sure it's just me. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so funny, Robert. Uh, when I was little. Jitterbug. Jitterbug. My <laughs> All of my friends knew that I, like, had a huge laughing problem and could not stop laughing basically at anything. Uh, and so one thing that they would do just to, like, basically demonstrate the absurdity of the things that I would laugh at is, like, we would be eating lunch or something, and one of my friends would go, like, just at school, one of my friends would go, hey, Robert, your mom's a fur coat. And I would just, like, crack up laughing, like, couldn't (laughs) breathe. And then, like, as soon as I got myself back together, they'd be like, hey... Your mom's a fur coat. And, like, they would just be, <laughs> just torture me by saying that over and over because I couldn't stop laughing every single time they said it. And somehow that became a thing for me. It lasted a few years. Was that before or after the mental sound? That was... Daring. I don't None remember. Actually, yeah. The mental... <laughs> <laughs> what was that laugh? Did you turn into a horse? <laughs> Quick, somebody give Robert some peanut butter. Oats. Fuck that shit. He likes oats. He's a horse. No, horse shampoo. What? Your mom's a horse shampoo, Robert. People use horse shampoo on their hair. Yeah, really? What system is horse shampoo yeah. for? <laughs> uh, it's called Personal Computer. It stands for PC. Stands for PC. <laughs> and this is a point-and-click adventure game. Okay. Oh, God. Here comes Monkey Island. Yep. <laughs> LucasArts. Is this your number one or number two? This is number two. LucasArts. What is your number one, then? My number two is Loom, which is a okay. really cool... You've talked about uh, that other times before, yeah. haven't you? Yeah, I've talked about it before. It's a uh, it's it's a really unique take on the point-and-click genre. Instead of 
the typical, uh, you know, walk around, click on objects, pick them up, use items in your inventory, talk to people. Um, the pretty much the sole mechanic of the game, besides clicking to walk and look at things, is whenever there's like an object, you go up to it, uh, and so you're this guy from this weird kind of race of, of beings, like way in the future, and you walk around wearing a robe and carrying a staff. And you never actually see the guy's face or anything. In fact, uh, part of the story is anybody who sees the face of someone of this race, like they look so scary that the person di- that you die if you actually see their face. And uh, what you do in the game is you walk around and when you see like an object that you can click on or whatever, you click on it and you walk up to it and the object plays a series of notes. And you have to write the, write those notes down and those notes become a spell later on so that's so you so to get through puzzles and stuff is you have to play the right spell on certain objects to get them to do certain things so like usually the spells are related to the object that you saw so there's a tornado at one point and it plays a certain spell and uh you can play and whenever you play those those same notes at something then it will try to do like a twisting type spell on that thing now when you do that do you go i hey thing i just put a spell on you Yes. And then Good. it goes, okay. sweet. Now I like this game. <laughs> Do you cast the fur coat spell on something? No, there's not a fur coat spell, but there is a, gr- a green spell, and you can use it to uh, turn sheep's coats green. That's exactly the same thing. <sighs> sweet. Uh, the story at the time like completely blew my fucking mind. I played it again recently, and the story's really not all that great. Uh, but it's still pretty good. And the gameplay, like, the puzzles are not very hard. But back in the day, this game was f- just freaking amazing to me. And it's r- really what got me into the point-and-click genre. So, Jay. What's up? What's your number one? And Blake, what's my why... number one? Uh, what's your number one? Uh... It's on your list. Uh, Final Fantasy Legend 2? No. No? Uh, Double Dragon 3? No. Uh, that should have been on my list, though. Mega Man 3, then. It's gotta be Mega Man 3. Oh, man. It's gotta be, uh, it's gotta be Super Smash TV. Really? Well, Super Smash TV didn't come out then, but Smash TV. Oh, I'm sorry, Smash TV. I meant Smash TV. What system was this on? That's a good question. Well, it was made on on the Midway system. That's what it was. Sweet. (laughs) The Midway. Sweet. (laughs) <laughs> no, actually, um, you know, I remember Midway's marketing campaign for that system. Actually, it was, uh, we put a spell on you. <laughs> Sweet, the end of commercial. No, um, <laughs> I don't think I can handle you guys anymore. <laughs> Especially Robert, dude. he just keeps saying ridiculous things to derail this call. He, like he's tried it to... so hard. He really has. No. I know you're, you're like purposely trying to derail this call, Robert. What's your problem, dude? I put my best foot forward. And then we take two steps back. And then your mom's in for a coat. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Living my childhood. Can I continue? So anyway. Yeah. Can Smash okay. TV. So Smash TV, Blake talked about it a lot. Uh, arcade game. Um, I actually only recently started playing this series in the last year or so for specifically the podcast. I knew of it and I watched other people play it, but... I didn't realize how fun this this genre or this this 
It's not a genre. It's a, what do you call it? It's kind of a genre. Series. A series. Thank you. Uh, let me, what other titles are comparable uh, outside the Smash TV family? Um, like it only really came back up recently, I would say. Uh, the top down shooter style. Okay. I mean, even then, a lot of them aren't the same. Uh, it's not an auto scroller top down shooter. So it's a shooter, I would say, with a lot of very particular aspects to it. Yeah, that there's some adopted by stuff uh, like The Binding of Isaac. Um, okay. To less degree, Nuclear Throne. And in the future, uh, like I said, Enter the Gungeon, once that comes out. Uh, I know that I, I've met the Enter the Gungeon devs personally, and he listed one of the influences as being Smash TV. And oh, I, that's actually one of the things where I was, I was like, whoa, okay, this guy actually knows his shit. He's making that's actually kind of cool. That's actually really cool. Old school stuff with this. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> I do not mean to do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> do you just have a button for that that you press? <laughs> Jitterbug. Jitterbug. Right, uh, what are we on? Number Jitterbug. Number, number one. one it's... Number one. The Jitterbug. It's the Jitterbug. Blake, what's your number one? It's me. All right. Uh, my number one is is one of the only PC games that I played a lot of around this time. And I didn't end up beating the game until 2005 or something. This is a... This game is going to kick your ass, especially if you're a little kid that doesn't understand what the hell's going on most of the time. <laughs> My number one game and just a fucking cool RPG in general is Wizardry 6 Bane of the Cosmic Forge. Hmm. This was originally released on uh, PC DOS systems. <laughs> and I very vividly remember having to learn how to type in DOS prompts. Oh, man, I remember that. To run. And uh, that's something that's always stuck with me. The game is yeah. a first-person RPG. You have a party of six people. Uh, it's similar to games like Eye of the Beholder, uh, Shining in the Darkness on consoles, things like that, where uh, you play from the first-person perspective. You're walking around through these mazes. You're discovering where everything is. And uh, you've got uh, this party of six people. Per the people in the front three uh, slots are able to attack in melee. The per people in the back three are normally going to be like a ranger, a sling user, your spell casters, stuff like that, uh, because they can't attack in melee. So they got to be doing something else, like healing you, keeping the party healthy, putting a group of monsters to sleep and stuff like that. It's just an, an awesome awesome RPG experience. You roll up your own characters. You choose their classes based on what stats they come up with. Uh, you can change... You can multi-class in the middle of the game. There are monks. There's paladins, valkyries, fighters, priests, bishops, uh, mages. All of these different varied classes. There's tons of races for each of your characters to choose from. You've got dwarves, humans, mooks, which are basically uh, Chewbacca. <laughs> And, uh, you've got half dragon, half man race called, uh, dragons. And then you explore this giant, super in-depth castle where you meet NPCs, you talk to them, you can have, quote, real, end quote, conversations with them, <laughs> where you get to ask them questions about specific topics. Like, uh, you'll find a character's diary somewhere, and you'll go talk to a different character and ask them about something you read in the diary, and now that NPC gives you a hint on what you're supposed to do with that information to help move on to another part of the castle. 
Uh, you explore a regular old castle. You explore a mountain. You explore the river Styx. And uh, it's just this mind-blowingly fun, awesome experience that I really have got to play again very soon. So is this, uh, like, has the gameplay held up pretty well, do you think? Um, I mean, I played it probably a decade ago, thereabouts, and I had a ton of fun with it then. There was a few times, I mean, a big, uh, it's, it's a hard game at times, because like I said, you have to like talk to NPCs about this specific topic sometimes to get them to expose the information on what you're supposed to be doing next. There's also a lot of times what you're supposed to do is uh, you have to find a very specific button to hit to open a pathway so that you can move on. Things like that that are quite difficult to pull off without a walkthrough sometimes. Even knowing that, uh, I think it's still a very fun game, though. Uh, I just looked up some screenshots of it, and uh, there are boobs in this game. What? I gotta try this. I've never seen boobs Yeah, before. actually, there are. There are Amazon women just running around without tops on, actually. I need to look at this for some. mermaids, also. Damn, dude. Oh, yeah, the mermaids that you fight around the river sticks. Like, oh, yeah, I remember. Seas. Uh, okay. <laughs> that sounds really cool. I'm actually kind of interested in checking this out. It's on Steam and it's on GOG if you're interested in it. And it's probably oh, wow, really? five bucks on either one. It's probably I mean, like a five like megabyte download too. It, yeah, it's five bucks on Steam. I think it's the same five dollars on GOG. You can get Wizardry six and seven. They're five dollars each. Wizardry eight is ten dollars, and uh, all three are available on. Uh, Steam and Gog, I'm pretty sure. You're such a salesman. Listen to you. I fucking I know what to do, bruh. Whoa, bruh. Don't hey, call me bruh. He knows what's up. Blake knows what's up. Sweet. So we get those. Fun- <laughs> so we get those six sponsorships. Ah, uh, Robert, come on, dude. We talked about this. <laughs> My number one is the Secret of Monkey Island. There hey, what? No way. We should have let me yeah. go last. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, uh, I mean. I'm glad we saved you. You said it a lot of times. Blake covered it pretty well. The writing (laughs) is awesome. The game is super funny. The puzzles are pretty funny, too. Um, The dialogue is funny. The art is really, really awesome. Like, I really... Something that, like, people don't talk about very much is the... uh, Just the art of the game. Obviously, it's an old game. The, uh, The fidelity of the graphics is not great, but they made it... It's one of those games that they made... They made it look really, really good. Uh, it's like when you think of sort of retro-themed uh, visuals in a video game, uh, like you're basically you're sort of envisioning like what Monkey Island looked like because it sort of is like the epitome of like how good you could make that kind of artwork look in a game. Uh, to me, at least, that's that's how I feel about it. But other than that, like it was the first game that I really, really, really fell in love with. Uh, I played it recently. Had pretty much just as much fun with it i just i just love monkey island wow you kept it under two minutes i was timing you that's impressive robert you're getting better at <laughs> i know this. right holy shit I, i'm really proud of you uh the main character's name is guybrush three point oh that's, jesus here we go oh, no. <laughs> one of my <laughs> favorite it. aspects of the game is when this random thing happens and that's when oh, well, blah, they're, blah. They're, uh, okay so real quick since oh, we were just talking about God. loom a second ago at one point uh we were talking about loom? At one point, 
<clears throat> you're talking to a pirate in a there's a something there's a bar where all the pirates hang out, and there's one pirate that has a loom button, and it says "Ask me about loom," and all he does is like oh, tell you, like gives you a sales speech on why you should go guy. buy loom. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of buying this game, you should buy loom. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so anyway. Really cool game, and 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 they also like the story itself. Aside from just being funny, is actually pretty good. Like kind of classic ghost pirate story. It's it's a, it's really fun. Well, you passed the three-minute mark. You lost the record. <laughs> you lost your trophy. So what, You're doing good. What games made it onto all of our lists? Uh, we've got uh, Super Mario Super Smash. It, Super Smash wasn't on Robert. God damn it. it. I didn't have that. Oh, all of our lists. I'm sorry. I'll do my more yeah, than yeah. one. Super Mario World and Secret of Monkey Island. That's it. Uh, Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so. Oh. Oh, wait. Uh, Blake, did you have F-Zero? No. Okay. Those were, and then a lot of us had had two games. Yeah, a lot of us had two games. Uh, Chip and Dale, I believe, was on someone else's list. Well, it was my number eleven. Okay, maybe that was it. Uh, Smash TV was on two lists. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Mario, F Zero. Yeah, you guys had a bunch of double ups. I I guess I was kind of alone out here. I guess that's it, actually. Yeah. So, uh, real quick, I don't want to spend time on this because we don't have. This is gonna be super long. It's long but, uh, already, yeah. We're around the two-hour mark right now. So I just want to throw out a few honorable mentions of mine. Quickly. The first is James Pond Underwater Agent. I was looking at that. I'm like, I thought that was a typo at first, and then I clicked on <laughs> it. No, it's it's not. I know. It's just, I clicked on it. I was like, it's, oh, okay. I specifically remember seeing that game around a lot, and I was like, oh, what a dumb joke. Oh, man. You, so you're a fish. It's a Genesis game. You're a fish wearing a tuxedo, and you <clears> swim <throat> around doing like little missions. Uh, like there's like the first level. I think there's like all these lobsters caught in lobster traps, and you have to go around and find keys and save all the lobsters. Uh, really goofy game. The soundtrack is kind of cool. It like goes into like a little spy type soundtrack every now and then. Uh, Godzilla for Game Boy is a surprisingly good game. And it's also a puzzle platformer. It's really weird that it's a Godzilla game. Yeah, that sounds strange. Yeah, it is strange. I have no idea why they decided to make a Godzilla game into a little puzzle platformer. But you have to go around, and basically, like, there's a certain number of boulders in each level, and you have to smack, like, you have to destroy all the boulders, and you do that by getting them up against a wall and punching them. And there are other monsters, like, the monsters are like really small and like baby monster looking, kinda. And you gotta like avoid the other monsters. And when you punch things, it's like a giant fist just ejects from Godzilla's body. Like the fist is as large as Godzilla when when you punch things. Uh, well, Godzilla is pretty small, but it's like the size of the character, which is really goofy. But it's a really actually pretty fun uh, puzzle game. Uh, Quirk was another really good puzzle game for Game Boy. Nemesis was a really good shmup for Game Boy. Uh, that I had a lot of fun with. It's, it's, it must have been one of the better Game Boy games that there were. Uh, Gargoyles Quest for Game Boy was really good. We talked about Chippendale Rescue Rangers. <clears throat> Pilot Wings. I'm kind of surprised it didn't make any of our lists. <clears throat> I never played it. I didn't care about a flight sim. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, well, it's not, re- Pilot Wings is sort of sim-like, I would say. Uh, well, I, yeah, but. <clears throat> Yeah, I, get, I mean, comparison I could think of right away. Yeah. 
And then finally, this game was not very good, but I have to draw attention to it. Night Shift was a game that I had completely forgotten about. And this was a LucasArts game. And Night Shift was a puzzle game where you work in a factory that makes Star Wars toys. Uh, the factory is called... in. Yeah, it's called the, the factory that you work in is called Industrial Might and Logic, which probably sounds very familiar. Does I mean, it? Magic? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a play on Industrial Light and Magic. Okay. Uh and you're this little guy and and like the stage is like like kind of like a really tall stage, like sort of like one of the big tall parts of like a Metroid game almost where you can you keep jumping up and up and up and the level keeps going. It doesn't scroll left to right, I don't think. And the game is fucking impossible. There are a million switches all over the place. There's, like, a little bike that if you get on it and ride the bike, like, it's hooked up to stuff that, like, starts gears turning and, like, uh, uh, like conveyor belts go in. And, like, like, I just remember playing this game and not having any clue how to get the uh, factory to start making the Star Wars toys. They're, they're, uh, I think they're Stormtrooper toys, specifically. But... You're supposed to, like, just figure out what all the different switches do, like, figure out what order you need to hit them, like, when to ride the bike, when to hit this button, when to hit that button, when to go open this little pipe up. Uh, there's, like, way too much going on to be able to reasonably figure it out. But uh, it's a really kind of interesting game, I would say, in LucasArts history. And really quickly, I'm going to cut this out of the podcast because I don't want to get sued by Disney, but I want you all to hear, I want you guys to hear the uh, the intro music to Night Shift because it is badass. So... <laughs> for for this type oh of oh my piece. god robert just i'm gonna play literally like 10 seconds hold on i just realized i have to take my headset off for this to work good job that is some music yeah that's correct that is what music is <laughs> so I, I i just all right uh, we're cutting in now. Uh, I, I love Rob. I love that you said you didn't want to go on for too long. You just talked for like four minutes about games that didn't even make your list. Sorry, I didn't mean to. So, yes, all right. So, I'm gonna touch on some games that oh I. Oh my god! You complain and then do the same thing. Where I know how to cut, keep a talk compact. <laughs> Num nuts. No, that's our pretty number now. Actually, like, I think I was sitting See, on hey, one. Talk, talk, talk all you want. That's, I'm surprised they could fit under your ass. Uh, all right, so there's a lot of games that I never played, and that's a big part of why I didn't include them on my list. All right, I mean, first off, I'm kind of surprised none of us had Minesweeper or Solitaire on there at all. Yeah, I was gonna. I, was gonna <laughs> say I thought about it, but I thought you guys would be like, "Oh, that's fucking retarded." I, I still play Solitaire today. Yeah, I've got a 67 second Solitaire speed run that I got cool. the other week. You want to have, have another Tetris thing with? Oh, uh, are you? Are we going on? Ooh, you get shit ooh. on, son? I will destroy you. Are you kidding? Have, you have a record no chance. No chance. Okay. Uh, all right. So, out of the other games that, all right, out of the games that I have not played, Journey to Silius is one I know I've heard of before, and I remember hearing good things about it. So I was kind of surprised none of us have played it. I guess there's also. Uh, Crystallis, an old Nintendo RPG that is supposed to be pretty good that I really need to get around to playing. And then uh, Snake Rattle and Roll was a pretty popular game back then that none of us have apparently played, or liked anyway. I don't, uh, I don't and then on the Genesis, I found a game called Sword of Vermilion, which oh, seems yes. 
kind of okay. I played about 15 minutes of it when I saw the name. I was like, I'll give this a shot. I'll see what this is like. This was a very early uh, Genesis RPG from 1990. It's very unrefined, and it does show, but it seems to have some redeeming qualities to it that might actually make it playable. And then, of course, the other game that just wasn't quite good enough to really make my list that I hadn't put enough time into, more than an hour still, uh, was Fatal Labyrinth, which I've talked about on the podcast before. Oh, yeah. uh, Which was the Genesis roguelike. Okay. See, that was about it. That was all I had. I'm I'm done. Okay, wow. See, I did that in, like, two minutes. I remember sort of. I remember the box art very clearly for Sword of Vermilion because I, I don't know why, but I just remember seeing it like every time I went to the store, and for some reason something about it stood out to me. Yeah, maybe that's why I recognize it too. Uh, the other, ga- the only other game I would mention on here would be uh, Fantasy Star Three: Generations of Doom, which I've not played through because I've heard it's an awful, awful Fantasy Star game. So I guess oh, Fantasy yeah, Star Four will remain the only Fantasy Star I ever play through, probably. <laughs> All right. Jay, any anything you want to add no, on? You really want to go through this? I had ten right. if I reached and made shit up. Do you have any extra ones? Yeah, Robert. I, I saved mine for the extras. <laughs> All right. Let's move on real quick. I'm not even going to worry about figuring out what our next top three is going to be. We'll get that figured out later. Oh. Top three sound effects. We did get some emails and such. Let me see what we got here. This is going to be a very long episode. That's what yes, I assume. Yes, it is. Going to be? Okay. Okay, here we go. First email. <laughs> Spike, Wait. how about them Dodgers? <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Emails. This is from uh, CJ. CJ said, the subject is me again. Uh, CJ says, hey. Been a bit since last email. I had an interesting experience a few weeks ago. By the way, these are both long emails. Uh, a few weeks ago, my, <laughs> you, my, dad, my dad brought my old NES over to my house. After modding it to work with an SNES power adapter, wow, which may or may not have been a good idea, I've been happily playing. That's pretty impressive. I've been happy. I've been happily playing Mario Three and River City Ransom with my seven-year-old, who both who loves both games. Uh, River City Ransom was a game that me and my cousin played so much when I was growing up. He passed at an early age, and seeing my old RCR cart uh, was a link to him in those good days from childhood. I will say RCR is the king of ridiculous passwords. <laughs> I think each password was around 50 characters or so. Oh, what? What? Holy Why? shit. Like, like, not even, like... Like, I feel like modern methods of cryptology nowadays use 50 characters. Uh, like, Well, I, I mean, the only other one that I know of that's really bad that I can remember, because, and it, I haven't even played it. I've just watched a lot of people hate on the game, like the AVGN, Angry Video Game Nerd. Hydelide uh, mm-hmm. has a really bad yeah. password system. Yep. It's probably around the 40 or 50 out. character mark. And it's got numbers, letters, and symbols in its passwords. Punch out is and you, small time. Punch out was like fifteen. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. And no, it was, like, don't... It's a, I think it's ten. Is I it? think it's a three, three, and then four, or maybe even. Three, you might three, be right. Two. I remember being like ten or fifteen, but you, I would trust your judgment over mine. I think it's like nine or ten. So okay. 
And in Hydelight, don't you have to, like, for some reason you have to use the passwords, like, very frequently, don't you? Uh, I don't think you have to use them frequently. It's just that the save system of the game only saves it in, like, RAM. It doesn't, it's not a permanent save. So when you, oh, so that's I think, basically how to continue. Yeah, it's co- how to continue when you turn the game off, I believe. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, also, in the bunch of games my dad brought over was a was TMNT the original game. Uh. <laughs> the water level on that game, and uh, Hunt for Red October, Snake's Revenge, and some stupid game my stepbrother oh. had called. Huh? I was going to say, how do you said stupid game, Snake's Revenge? And okay. some stupid game, and a stupid game my brother had called Dragon Fighter. I took all, I don't remember, that one doesn't ring a bell to me. I took all these carts to trade in, oh, I had to trade in at my local store, because fuck TMNT with its damn level. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was actually a, a little surprised, Robert, that you didn't have Metal Gear 2 or Snake's Revenge, whichever. There were two... Snake games that came out yeah. in 1990. And I was kind of surprised that you didn't have either of them on your list. Just haven't, I haven't played, played them. Or... Of them. I haven't oh. played them. Oh god. We'll get there eventually. No, 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 no. <laughs> Please stop. Uh, okay, so I took them to the game store because fuck TMNT. Uh, I never cared much for the Metal Gear series, especially the NES ones. And screw stupid movie tie-ins like Hunt for Red October. And who the hell even heard of Dragon Fighter? Much to Dick my Tracy, chagrin, a, a 1990 game that none of us had on our list was very, very, very bad. Yeah. By the way, uh, was did either of you guys ever play Die Hard? Yeah. Not was not not not, not for 1990. Not for 1990. Okay. okay. Sorry, I played some of the other ones in the series, but not that one. Because Die Hard was another one. I've it, it actually seems like a good game. I guess. Some of the other ones were okay. I remember actually enjoying them. I think I played it for like Sega. I want to say, but. That could be completely Have you wrong. all ever played Dragon Fighter, or have you even heard of it? No, no. I don't know that name at all. Uh, okay, anyway. Let's see. Much to my chagrin, when the cashier was adding my store credit up, her eyes got big as she scanned Dragon Fighter, and she said, Wow, that one's worth a lot. Huh. I ended up getting $50 for all four <laughs> games. Jesus! <laughs> what? All right, so I'm trying to. So Dragon Fighter was worth like forty-eight bucks then. And the other was forty-eight fifty. <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, I'm gonna have to try to look into this a little bit more. Anyway, for all four, and immediately had a sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach. Yeah, at uh, that point, I would have been like, you know, actually, could I hold on to that one? Yeah, and then go to try to sell it to someone that isn't going to screw you over. Yeah. I think that would have been a good plan. Dragon Fighter was the only game I didn't check online prices to make sure I wasn't getting rid of anything too valuable. <laughs> and the friggin' game was going over was going for over a hundred dollars on eBay. Damn, yeah. But does it actually sell? <laughs> what the fuck have any of you even heard of this game? I don't know it at all. I'm gonna have to look this up. I. Do not know anything about this game. What, what do you mind? What, what do you guys mind pulling this up on Wikipedia and see if you can figure out like why it's so? Like, yeah, you, I've got I've got this? the game right here. If I you find pulled. anything about it, okay, yeah, it, just interrupt me while I'm reading so we can get going. But yeah, tell me if you find out anything. Well, funny uh, enough, it was released in 1990. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wondered if I saw it on that list. I was like, I did. Yeah, I remember like too. That's easy list. enough name. That's pretty funny. Uh, he says on another bringing retro gaming to the next generation note. My seven-year-old and four-year-old have been enthralled by my Zelda Link to the Past gameplay that I recently yeah. started. Nice. Though I must admit I've been playing that on an emulator as I don't have an SNES anymore, nor any of the Wiis. I used some of my $50 credit to buy an off-brand PS3 controller to use on my PC, and my boys are in SNES emulator heaven. Nice. Oh, and if I could possibly make a few requests. One, Robert. Less Metal Gear Solid, more, more adventure. Man, how games. many times have we heard this? <laughs> no, we've heard I you like say that once upon. No, 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 no. Other people no, have said we've it. gotten quite a few emails giving you shit like that. Yeah. Oh, what do you mean to have? Well, you're the one who reads the emails. <laughs> I don't remember any of that. I clearly care. blocked it out. Anyway, less care. Metal Gear Solid, more adventure games. I don't really like either, but I want to run my car off the road when I hear you go on and on about Metal Gear Solid. I climbed up this ladder for 20 minutes, and it was so creative and unique. And <laughs> like last time I was sitting there, I was like, I was loading my shotgun, and I was like, well, if he doesn't finish talking by the time I load this, dude, I forgot about my favorite part of Middle Gear. Oh Solid. no, 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 no! Get out of here. Move on. No, we're not doing that. and him are Continue reading the emails. We're not doing this. We're not talking about Middle Gear Solid every podcast. This is not the Middle Gear Solid fan club. I fucking hate that series. Anyway. Jay and Blake continued to lay off Robert, as I said before. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't done anything different. We can't lay off of him. <laughs> we have to keep it up. Yeah. One of these days well, he's going to get it and he'll change. Until then, he's going to get it. <laughs> You're going to get it, Robert. You're going to get it good. Unless he brings up Metal Gear Solid. There which you go. <laughs> which now that I think about it is all the time, so forget what I said about laying off. <laughs> get shit on Robert. That's really funny, actually. <laughs> Lay off Robert, in case he's doing this. But actually, you know what? He's doing that. So give He's him doing shit. this right now, isn't he? So go ahead and don't lay off. Real, <laughs> give him the D. Oh, also, I would be so excited to hear one of you play and give your take on one of the old school KOEI games I love. What's that? KOEI. Oh, it's the company that makes Dynasty Warriors and shit. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and, we're talking about and not Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, he wants to play. And Roman. not Dynasty Warriors. What else have they done? Now Romance of Three Kingdoms. It was like a it's strategy game. Yeah. That's like the only other title that I know. It's I think, a, I think it's, it's last just time. Dynasty Warriors. On no, 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 no. Because they had like an RPG style one as well, I'm pretty sure. Well, okay. You know what? They did Hyrule Warriors. I played that. Does that count? They made that game? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. It I mean, I know it was their exactly style. Like a dynasty I know, movie. but I figured that was... I didn't think that was them, though. I just figured... No, like some... Nintendo actually released their IP to somebody else to, for them to That's use. That's really was interesting. Too. Yeah. It was a good I mean, move. Cool as shit. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> cool as shit. Um, let's see. All right. Uh, I am t- I am talking the original ROTK strategy. What did I just say? <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about... What or... Some of the feudal Japan strat games, or in my wildest dreams, you could play Uncharted Waters: New Horizons. I've uh, that never heard that one. That's on Super Nintendo, I believe. I believe Uncharted Waters series captured my imagination as a kid because it was actually open world. Imagine or, that. Okay, maybe Nintendo. I have played a little bit of this game. I think I played, I think I rented it or I borrowed it from somebody or something, and I played like 10 minutes of it. 
<laughs> okay, there was a Super Nintendo version, Uncharted Waters New Horizons 2, or is it, no? Okay, that's just New Horizons still. That's probably the version that I played then, and it was like, it was this weird ship combat, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go do something else now. <laughs> I'm gonna go over here. <laughs> it was hard, it's a hard game to just like jump into, so... I might give it another shot someday. Let's see. Uh, Uncharted Waters series captured my imagination as a kid because it was actually open world. Imagine that, an open world game on SNES. I would really love if you guys could at least give it a look at some time. These email has gone on longer than I planned. Than I planned. But I wanted to... (laughs) Just like this podcast. But I want to reiterate how much I love your podcast. I tried some of the other retro podcasts and it just wasn't the same thanks cj uh I really appreciate that. That's yeah, very thanks nice. much man yeah oh. i hate to end on a complaint but robert get a better mic <laughs> and and literally every happens. literally yeah. oh, <laughs> literally man. every time this happens i say hey do i sound okay i don't think i sound very good do i and blay and jake Play and Jake. Play and Jake. Alright, boys. Play and Jake. Alright. Robert. By the way, it's 12.05 for me right now. Uh, Yeah, and whose fault is that? Here's my honorable mention for 15 minutes. And I'm gonna trail off onto fucking Metal Gear Solid. Every time that happens, I'm like, hey, this kind of sounds like shit. What do you guys think? They're like, you sound fine, seriously. You sound fine to us, dude, but it might sound bad on the recording. Yeah, Yeah, obviously it does. Well, that's what you yelled at us for. <laughs> IT boy, at us for telling you exactly what we feel. Because I, we're not lying when we say that. By the way, he I'm sounds amazing. fine in our studio. <laughs> I couldn't. He doesn't sound friend. amazing or anything, but he sounds perfect. <laughs> oh, I, I have no complaints listening to him for the last two and a half hours. Oh no, I, I definitely have a huge complaint listening. Well, to him okay, yeah, but that's <laughs> the worst was when that happened on the third episode, and it wasn't because of my microphone, but it was because of my voice, because I had like a fucking cold or something. That. Yeah. <laughs> episode is it's actually difficult to listen to it's like it like makes your eyes water to listen to that episode uh anyway (laughs) uh let's see get a better mic jay and blake always sound consistent but it seems like some podcasts you sound okay and others sound like you are in a cave underwater possibly while wearing a full ski mask uh or a box (laughs) well keep up the work guys later thanks cj for the awesome email uh, we got one more. Okay, just That's one. Good. Actually, okay. longer. No. All right, hey, let's try an not email. to interrupt this. Too at much. least it's an I know, email. I know, I know. It's just that this was like the worst episode to get good emails. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> this one's from Samuel N. He, he Samuel in quotes Samo Bam. I knew who that was. Hi, Sam. Oh, do you? Yeah, he's okay. one of my. He's one of the mods in my chat. Nice. Okay. He says, "Howdy, fellas." It's great to finally write. You want me to just read this as fast as I fucking can? It's I great to suppose. finally write an email to you. I'd, I'd, I'd to start this email by apologizing to all of you. I've been wanting to write in for a couple weeks, but I, like quite a few other listeners, wanted to listen to your entire backlog before writing in. As such, I didn't write in until I was totally caught up. I also want to apologize in advance because this is more of an e-novel than an email. Proceed with caution. Now for the thank you. Well, the first thank you. Another will pop up at the end of this letter. I want to thank you guys. Wow. 
This is like, he, he sounds like me trying to, like, say what I'm trying to say. I want to thank you guys for keeping me mostly sane while I work towards 100% completion of the retro achievements of Pokemon Yellow. Blake has already discussed retro achievements before, so you basically know what it is. And one of the achievements for Pokemon Yellow is to acquire every Pokemon in the game without trading. Oh, shit, really? Which meant I, I had to yeah. do... Which meant I had to do a lot of level grinding. Like, that's pretty, like, insane, right? And you have to do multiple playthroughs, don't you? Because you have to... I assume you have to do multiple playthroughs, don't you, Blake? Well, it probably... Like, I I would guess... Because the only way to get the three starters... Well, yeah, no, yes. yellow... Because in yellow, you always start with Pikachu, so... Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. okay. Um, a lot of level grinding. By my count, it took me roughly 25 hours. Thankfully, cut down to maybe half of that because of speeding up the emulator to get every Pokemon leveled until they fully evolved. That's actually not as long as I was thinking. Uh, listening, yeah, I'm listening, a little surprised it wouldn't be longer than that. Yeah. Listening to you three bicker over which game had the hottest female character. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just because you have a bad opinion, Robert. Or which games... Who who was my number one? Cosmos, or was it she number two? I think she was number two. I don't know who number one was. Uh, hottest male character... Uh, oh, male character is what he said. Listening to you three bicker over which game had the hottest male character, or which games aged the worst kept a smile on my face as I fought the Elite Four over and over and over again. So I thank you. Uh, I'll try to make my top ten games of 25 years ago relatively short, but if you've read this far, you already know that I tend to be a bit, a bit verbose. It's cool. It happens to some people sometimes, dude. Yeah, some, uh, I'd also like, some people. I'd also like to qualify... <sighs> Top 10 as being the top 10 games from when I was living in 1990. Or oh my, what? So, so a lot of these games probably don't hold up now, but to me, back then, they were awesome. I'm also not putting them in numerical order, but alphabetical, because I can't honestly decide which of these is the best game. Well, actually, one does stand head and shoulders above the rest, but I'll let you figure out which one. I'm calling it Smoky Island. No. Number one. Or number 10, rather. Astyanax. Astyanax. NES. Astyanax? Did that come out in 90? Uh, Astyanax. Astyanax. Um, I, it's a Nintendo game. I recognize it. Oh, shit. I remember this game. I don't see it on this list. Maybe not, but anyway. Dirty Cheater. Whatever. Oh, it was 1989, according to this. Okay. Maybe it was... Oh, who knows? Anyway. Uh, where do we go? Action platformer. You're a knight. Save the princess, blah, blah, blah. But it had a cool power gauge mechanic where the longer you waited, the stronger your weapon swing was. And the bosses were huge and disgusting. I played it recently, and it's not that great, but back then it was awesome and fun. I, I vaguely remember this game, and I'm not sure if I ever... Oh, I definitely... Holy shit, I remember this game now. Wow. I haven't played it myself, but I've watched people play it on Twitch. It looks like a pretty alright game. It was yeah. nothing amazing, it's, but like, yeah, this is a cool mechanic. Kind right? Of yeah, for its time, it was super cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, I can't believe that's that's awesome. Um, D, number nine, Demon Sword NES. He put all his uh, all the platforms on here, just as we had talked about. Uh, <laughs> another <laughs> another action platformer. It actually felt like a precursor or sorts to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon because the protagonist could jump 100 feet into treetops with ease and grace. Plus, you found pieces of your sword as you went by, so by the end of the game, you had a giant badass-looking sword. Probably a bad game now, 
but it was fun back then. I want to see what this is too. Uh, huh. Okay. So this one came out in North America in 1990. Okay. Let's see. All right. Number eight. Uh, Dr. Mario NES slash Game Boy. This one I have more fond. Me- I have more memories of watching my mother play this game than I have of myself playing it. She was a master at Dr. Mario and Tetris, and it was always mind-boggling to see her succeed so easily at those games where I struggled so much. Side note, I have a funny story about Tetris. My mother and I were on a flight, and we had two Game Boys and the Link Cable, and we were playing versus mode in Tetris. She was, as usual, kicking my ass, and as I was, and I was struggling to keep up. After she won, I looked over to find out that she had fallen asleep during our match. <laughs> That's right. Damn. <laughs> My mother was better at Tetris when asleep than I was when awake. <laughs> talk wow. About a, talk about a crushing blow to my self-esteem, but back to the top ten. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Friggin' bodied. Yeah. <laughs> bodied. <laughs> Number seven, Little Nemo. Was This was not 1990. Or else I would have I would have recognized this on the list. Little Nemo. Well, I, I mean, yeah, you gotta remember our list. This says yeah, it was. How did I not see it on the list then? It must. I wonder how conclusive that list is because if it's not that conclusive, I'm gonna be very mad and wonder what I missed. Yeah, same here. Um, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Little Nemo. I, I had a lot of fun with that too. He says, uh, Little Nemo. NES. Wait, uh, it was but, on there. I skimmed over it when I was remaking my list. Shit, that would have made my top ten. Yeah, I must have missed it too. That's weird. I never got very far in this game as a child and can't even get that far as an adult, but I love the music and art style of the game back then and still do today. That kind of – from what I remember, that kind of was my experience with it as well. That game was hard as hell, but uh, I also had a really bad crush on the princess in the movie version. Oh, yeah? Yep. Nice. Yeah. Uh, why so? Was she, why wasn't she on your top five uh, hottest? Because I don't even remember what she looks like in this life. <laughs> Such a pig. <laughs> Number six, Mega Man Three NES. It's mostly on the list because Mega Man Two wasn't released in 1990. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> Sounds familiar. Beat, yep. Still never beat this game. Someday. Five Motocross Maniacs. No. This was not. Please don't tell me. Motocross. Was this? Was this nineteen? Oh, okay. This is saying nineteen eighty nine, according to Wikipedia. Oh, that was. Well, it's awesome. North American release oh, was nineteen ninety. Sh- you got to get better about finding lists that have the North American release date. Dude, all I do is look at Wikipedia and go with the first thing I find on it. First thing it shows me. I never owned this game as a kid. <clears throat> but damn if I didn't enjoy it later on in life. Probably doesn't hold up, but for the time, it was like Excite Bike on steroids. It seriously was. Like, this was a badass Game Boy game. Uh, it's like you're driving a motorcycle, but you gotta, like, go all these loops and shit. Like, holy shit, this was an awesome game. Uh, number four, Snake Rattle and Roll NES. I can't there explain we. why I like this game, but suffice to say, uh, it wasn't because it was brutally difficult. Guess I just like the concept and the music, of course. Number three, the Bugs Bunny birthday blowout. For I the- saw this game, and I was like, whoa. But I'd never played it before. I saw it on the list. I was, like, looking at it. It was weird. Yeah, I remember seeing it on there, too. I remember the game. I don't think I ever played it, though. 
Uh, it was a weird action platformer, but I loved it as a kid and still somewhat love it as an adult. The game seriously needs retro achievements. Number two, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Fall of the Foot Clan for Game Boy. I played this game a ton as a kid, and while I doubt it holds up today, I will always fondly remember playing it way back when. Uh, number one, Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah, I went alphabetical, or I went out of Wait. alphabetical order. Do I really need to explain myself with this game? I certainly hope not. It came yeah, out in 1990? No, no. Which game? Oh, okay. What? Mario. Super Mario 3. Let's see. I thought Super okay. Mario oh. 1 came out like... No, I mean, Mario was... 1 was like 85. Mario 3 was like 89 it's, Japan, it's... 91 America. This is saying 88 initial release. Yeah, I was going to okay. say, I would assume it'd be early. So uh, that's all right. That's cool. We're not, we're not going to hold it against you. Well, it's North American release was 1990. Okay. Yeah. Yes, that's that's right. Okay. 1988, Japan, 1990, uh, U.S. Um, Fuck. <laughs> now for a few honorable mentions. <laughs> Robert, did you email in? Be honest with me. <laughs> which, I, which I'm only mentioning because these were games I never got the chance to play back in the early 90s, but discovered them as an adult and enjoy them or appreciate what they did. Batman NES, gorgeous game, amazing music, tough as nails platforming. Castlevania 3, I appreciate it for what it is, even though I hate it because it's so difficult. Commander Keen Episode 1, I had to put a PC game on here, and I've never played a Monkey Island game. <laughs> sorry, not sorry, Robert. Final Fantasy, never got very far, but come on, it's Final Fantasy. Journey Is that 1990? Wow, fucking hell. I hate that. All right, so uh, for anybody listening, I, I want to apologize in advance because it is hard as hell to have an easy-to-read list of games that came out in 1990 in America, I it, yeah, Samo. If you know a good place for this, let me know. Otherwise, maybe you just looked all this up yourself and verified it. Which, if so, damn you. If, if so, we'll, we'll we'll give you a, a heads up next time we do this, so you can make a list for us. <laughs> uh, Journey to Silius, basically the same as Batman, one of the greatest video game soundtracks of all time. And lastly, probably my favorite titled game of all time, Kabuki Quantum Fighter. I love this game for the name alone. It's an okay action platformer, but your main weapon is your hair. It's awesome. Just take my word for it and don't try to find the copious amounts of flaws, okay? Uh, have you, I have like that you named at least two of the games that uh, I was like, I was surprised no one, neither, none of us had this on our list. <laughs> Did you, uh, do, have you, have either of y'all played Kabuki Quantum Fighter? I have nope. not. I have not. I've heard the heard name. Of never played it though. Yeah, I've played it. I mean, I've heard of it too. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I played it as well, but I've never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, that f- took forever and a day. I do have one last. Thank oh, God. you. By the way, we're like halfway through with this email. <laughs> oh <serious>? Jesus Christ! <laughs> All I, right, I let's get going. Let's go. I have let's to wake this. up in less than five hours. Robert, keep talking. Yeah, okay, the, we uh, better get through this then. I do have one last thank you to give each of you. I'm reading the emails from now on. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Robert, your mom's a fur coat. Sugar, sugar, sweet, sweet, sweet. Oh, You're going to kill him, Jay. If he dies, then I'll get his emails. Sweet, 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 sweet. You got the girl laugh. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Done? So, I have... I didn't... <laughs>
<laughs> oh my god, Robert, I love talking to you. <laughs> We're not gonna get this. I do have one last thank you to give to each of you. That's all you have to do. <laughs> so easy. Sweet. This is so easy, Blake. Like, I literally just have to fucking say random things, and he's about to pee himself. Sweet. Okay. God. Hey, Robert. Kabuki. <laughs> this is so easy, Blake. <laughs> Sweet. I can't oh, help shit. it out, Blake. It's too easy. <laughs> all right, I'm done. All right, all right. I think I'm cool. I'll get Robert out of the way first. So oh, Jay and Blake, so Jay and Blake can forget about what I'm about to say. Thanks to you, Robert, I'm planning at some point in the future to play at least the first couple Metal Gear Solid games. Oh my God, Blake, what is this? Uh, what did you, do, you just did the voice. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 3 is good. Metal Gear Solid 1 is good. Metal Gear Solid 2 is ass. Uh, it's not ass. It's not great. It's not very good at all. Uh, and Metal Gear Solid 4 I actually enjoyed, which is kind of a iffy opinion with a lot of people. All right, cool. I like Metal Gear Solid 4 a lot. Uh, You're not going off on a tangent here, Robert. Okay, no, 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 I'm not. Uh, I've always been curious about the series, but never really gave it any real thought. Since I've been listening to the podcast, my interest has peaked. And I've decided that I will give the series a chance. Jay, I know you're moaning in disgust right now. Yep. But just but just give me a minute. I do own the first game, and I find myself... And if I find myself enjoying it, I will give the second a shot. Yes, I know about the whole Raiden thing. Uh, Raiden thing. But I want to give... <clears throat> but I want to give the series an honest chance to impress me. Very good. I think that's a smart call. Uh, okay. <laughs> now for Jay. Fucking times. Now for Jay, listening to you talk as much about Final Fantasy as much as you have has convinced me to do much the same as Robert did for Metal Gear Solid. I'm planning, once I acquire them, to play through the entire Final Fantasy main series. Oh my god. Excluding MMORPGs, since that would take months off my life. I've never played... I've never played a Final Fantasy game past eight and want to see what the rest. Okay, and want to see what the rest of series is like. Yeah, I, I, he's talked about he has a cartridge of Final Fantasy six. So I was like, wait, what? Well, yeah, it's a pretty good game. I mean, <laughs> five and six are good. Eight sucked donkey dick. We've talked about this. Yeah, there's a reason you stop at eight. Just saying. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> you skip eight um, and you go to nine. Nine, know, really. I'm not a fan of. A lot of other people nine, are. So it's a good game though. Like whatever. Oh my Ten. God. Is it's okay. Ten is fun. Right. Uh, we're about to, you guys are just skip eight. Play. The rest of them are good. That's that's pretty much the moral story here. <laughs> They're playable <laughs> at least. They're playable. I know was that, okay. He says I know that twelve and thirteen haven't gotten the most positive reviews, but I haven't played them. But I haven't played through that many iconic series in my life. And I figure there aren't many more series more iconic than. Final Fantasy. The only Final Fantasy games I've ever beaten are 4 and 6, so I know that I've missed out on a lot, but I want to play through the series and I have you to thank for pushing me into this mindset. Oh yeah, and of course Final Fantasy Tactics will be included. 
Damn right. All right, glad we avoided that because you guys would have shit yourselves. Uh, oh. Lastly, lastly, Blake, thank you for being quite honestly my favorite broadcaster on Twitch. Oh yeah. I'm gonna All cry. Right, can I get an oh yeah from you too, Jay? Tweet. <laughs> <laughs> you you make me laugh. Don't awful... go off again. <laughs> Oh, you make me laugh with your awful jokes, even though I would never admit it in chat. Well, Blake, I don't know. You also made—I haven't heard you make awful jokes. You must not pay attention then. I guess not. Uh, and I always look forward to putting off whatever actually needs doing in favor of watching you and chatting with all of your wonderful viewers. Shoutouts to all of them. I also want to thank you for constantly reminding me about all of the wonderful SNES RPGs. That I will eventually be tackling with retro achievements. Uh, I'm playing through Earthbound right now, and I always seem to forget just how irreverent, hilarious, and downright emotionally investing that game can be. I look forward to watching you play that and Mother 3 soon, TM. Also, (laughs) good good luck at SGDQ. Yeah, Blake, good luck, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say it first. Uh, so there you have it. My eyes are bleary, my fingers are tired, and I'm sure you are all now sick of me. We're not sick of you, we're just also bleary and tired. <laughs> but this, but this is 40 episodes, oh gosh, I almost turned off my microphone. But this is 40 episodes of Saved Up Writing. I promise that the next email I send will not be quite as long as this one. Okay, I can't promise that. As long as there isn't another top 10 list, I should be fine. Thanks again for entering, for entertaining me with your collective awesomeness. I now regret listening to your entire library because now I have to wait two weeks for each new episode. What have I done? And now I've made it awkward. I'll just say goodbye for now and look forward to listening to future episodes. The end. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you yeah, very thanks. much, Sam. I'll thanks, probably Sam. bother you on stream tomorrow. Uh... Yeah, no, this was an awesome email. I don't care that it was so long. I love long emails. I actually just wish it was on a different episode. Yeah, like, I, I have no problem with a nice long email. It's just that no. the timing of it for both of them it just sucks being here. <laughs> well, on this day, you. when we had too much to talk, like, I, the fact that I had two games to talk about to start off with was bad, followed by a top ten list for all three of us. Uh, We're poor planners. Blame us. So yeah, I guess uh, I guess that's it. I'm not gonna spend any time whatsoever going over anything else in this episode, except for send us your own awesome email to mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. Email us whatever the hell you want to say. We'll read it. We're not doing off-topic yeah. ending. There's no point. No, <laughs> no, no, no. We're going to sleep now. Is what we're doing. Yeah. Sound good? Yeah. Final words? I'll let you say a final word if you want to say a final word. Butts. <laughs> oh, that was Got a good him. Can't, That's a good one. That. That's a good word. That's uh, really good thank one. you, everybody who listens, everybody who emails, tweets, uh, and follows us and writes reviews and everything and supports uh, us sitting here listening to Robert for two hours. We have Especially a people from your stream. <laughs> well, yeah. You actually, Robert, did you uh, like talking to the guy from the podcast that was at my stream now? Huh? <laughs> to Kronos in chat the other day. What about him? He was talking about the podcast while when you showed up in the chat. And he was giving Wait. you a bunch of crap for Metal Gear Solid. 
Oh, I kind of remember that. What was uh, it saying? That you barely remember that, really? He was high. Robert Tyler. <laughs> what are they saying? Um, he was just giving you crap for Metal Gear Solid. He's he actually came to my stream from the podcast, and I mentioned oh, yeah. him on oh. the previous podcast. Oh yeah, I remember that. There you go. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Conversation Great. is nuts. Thanks, Rob. God damn it, Robert. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of the classic. I'm going to go put a gun in my mouth. I'm going to go. In Robert's mouth. I'll put something else in Try to fall asleep there we go. as fast as I possibly can. Oh. Yeah, you're going to be tired tomorrow. Robert, I'm going to we'll send you more questions time. tomorrow from, for you know what. I won't be around tomorrow very much because tomorrow oh, is me Dude, and my wife's 10 year anniversary. Hey, oh. congratulations. But, Robert, how come you're not around during the day? Like, don't you work from home? Yeah, I'm around during the day. Yeah, okay, I'm going to message you and ask you questions. Yeah, that's that's when you've been, that's when I've been okay. answering your questions. Okay, I'll just make sure. Okay. No, yeah, go ahead. Just, uh, just, I just probably won't answer tomorrow. All day? So I'm going to be out. Well, I'm, yeah, I got a lot of shit too. I got errands and <sighs> Did you finish those errands? Did you finish those errands? Did you finish those errands, Goodward? So what else do you guys want to talk about? That's it. Uh, if the podcast is off, I just wanted to... to, 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 to oh, it, oh, it is? I'm not recording right now? Because that's not... Oh, you tell me. <laughs> I'll just start talking about... And then we can just end the podcast there. Okay, that's it. <laughs> Good job. There it is. We're done. Good night, everybody. I, I will talk it. to you guys later.